Good afternoon. Brock Greenhalch sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. Mike will be back in the chair next week. And in the meantime, I am happy to keep you company for the rest of the day today. We're live today until 4 o'clock. We've got another amazing show for you. So keep us on. Give us a call as well. The man, the myth, the legend, Devin Robertson is the technical wizard again today. Thanks to him for pushing all the right buttons. To start us off today, James Stewart is a published author, educator, and public speaker. He wrote the book Being Prime Minister, an undertaking that gave him the opportunity to interview six living prime ministers. He's been recognized for his written work, recently garnering a national newspaper award. He has a passion for telling the stories of Canada's past. He encourages his students to do their own research and find their own way. And he loves baseball. Welcome to the show, James. Hi, Brock. How are you? I'm much better now. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. Uh, <laughs> on a dreary day in late December. We'll take it. Listen, uh, listeners, James and I connected through a mutual colleague, uh, one who knows us both well, and, and figured we'd find something to talk about. And, and thanks to her for that. Uh, I was hoping to jump right into the book a little bit, James, if you're good with that. Yep. Uh, so through the book, Being Prime Minister, your writing has been described as humanizing, as energizing and insightful. When did you know that you wanted to write that book? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think I had always, you know, as a teacher, I was always collecting anecdotes about prime ministers as ways of trying to um, stir up interest among students in Canadian history. And one of the best ways to do that is to tell a couple of good stories. So I had all these anecdotes, and I've always been a writer um, as a secondary thing in my life. And I just got to this point where I was like, I, I need to share this story with people and exercise my writing chops <laughs> and make an interesting story about Canada's prime ministers that would bring them to life. Instead of just seeing them as political characters, we would see them as human beings. And I'm going to say that you've done that. I've I've uh, I've got the book on my Kindle, and and you know, I, looking through it, it's just it's amazing. And you talk about that idea of anecdotes, and the, I, you're right. That's that's how you hook uh, you hook the uh, the student in. I ten months of the year I spend uh, as a guidance counselor with grade sevens and grade eights, and I I mm-hmm. I've taught history, I've taught science, and everything else. So we're we're uh, you know we've got uh, kindred spirit right here in that uh, frame of mind as well too. Uh, the thing that uh, that I noticed, and, and I, I want to maybe pull a, a couple of pieces out of the book, and, and this was uh, this was the hope to, to get us started anyway. Um, there was a, a recent piece in the Globe and Mail that you had written about Lester B. Pearson's vast knowledge of baseball stats. So maybe mm-hmm. uh, are you uh, are you up to sharing uh, that anecdote with us? Absolutely. So Lester B. Pearson was a huge sports fan, but in particular a baseball fan. And also a baseball player. He played semi-professional baseball in Guelph, actually. Wow. And uh, I guess he was down visiting the President of the United States, John F. Kennedy, in 1961, I believe it was. And they were throwing around some baseball talk. And one of Kennedy's aides, or Kennedy said to his aide, why don't you test Pearson's baseball knowledge? (laughs) And so a guy named Dave Powers, an aide to the President, started quizzing Pearson and came up with a number of questions and one of the obscure questions, the answer to the question was Ken McKenzie, who actually just died a couple of weeks ago. He, wow. was, um, he was born in Gore Bay, Ontario, okay. which just happened to be 
Lester B. Pearson's writing. That's right. And so that's how Pearson knew the answer. And he, he got some, some good props from the president and the president's <laughs> aide by his vast baseball knowledge, including Ken McKenzie. So, um, it, you know, Pearson also watched the World Series in, in his office. He oh had my. a TV especially brought in uh, for this purpose. Of course, in those days, in the 1960s, World Series were played during the daytime. There wasn't right. uh, primetime television. Yep. So he's in his office. He's got the World Series on the background. And uh, that's the kind of dedicated fan he was. <laughs> Don't bug him while he's doing his work. That's uh, exactly he's focused. So if we if we you know zoom ahead, say thirty years or so, I know the other anecdote was um, you've got the then President George Bush and Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. It's nineteen ninety one. They're both attending the baseball All Star Game in Toronto. Any any story that came out of that uh, that meeting of the minds? Yeah. Well, the interesting thing there was, of course, Mulroney was not very popular, <laughs> and uh, he got booed. Uh, tremendously by the Skydome crowd. I remember that. And then, yeah, and then in his memoirs, uh, he recounts the story that the American press asked the Prime Minister, well, what did you think when you heard all that booing of, uh, at the stadium? He said, I was as embarrassed as anyone else to hear all the boos for the President of the United States. <laughs> so they had a good, good chuckle all over that. Mulroney could always put the sunniest thing on the darkest <laughs> moment. So uh, got to give him credit for that. That's awesome. And there was a, I, I was going through the book uh, the other day, and the one thing that kind of stuck out at me, it's not really anything related to, to baseball, but in the book, you talk about John Diefenbaker changing right. while he's in that role of prime minister. At first, he's this, this affable, plain John everybody can relate to, and then over time, we start to see this shift to a man maybe enjoying the power a little bit too much. Um, yeah. what, what was going on there? I think, you know, um, just about all prime ministers have a healthy ego, mm-hmm. uh, and that sort of goes with the territory. And John Diefenbaker was no exception. He probably had one of the larger egos among prime ministers. Right. And so he was just so happy to have become prime minister that I think it went to his head. Yeah, yeah, for And, sure. uh, you know, someone needed to remind him that one of the reasons that people liked him in the first place was that he was kind of humble John. And so, you know, it's important for people in power to have those people around them to say, hey, look, just remember, you might be prime minister, but um, you're still a human, and that's what people like about you, so just tone it down a bit. Well, and, and, and the, the, the pieces that come out of it, that, you know, Pierre Elliott Trudeau saying that uh, basically it was, it, being the prime minister was better, better than working. Right. This idea that, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's not it, nobody really wants the day job. But if we if we take a look at, at, at Justin Trudeau, here's a guy who has been at the helm for nine years now. Uh, yeah. We know we can we can grab the, a copy of a local newspaper and there he is. And it's not always good news. And and how how in your mind, how has he changed or how adapted or or maladapted in some ways over the last decade? Well, I think with Justin Trudeau, you kind of have to go back to his childhood mm-hmm. and the fact that he was raised in the home of a prime minister. Right. And so he has never, he has never really faced um, challenges uh, that, say, an ordinary citizen would face through a political career. But, uh, and, and, you know, when you're the prime minister's son, everybody wants to be your friend, and so you really need to make sure that people are reminding you of uh, the regular person again. And in terms of Trudeau, I don't know. I think I think he probably, like a lot of prime ministers, they believe that they're infallible to the electorate and that mm. they can always win. And this is why he is still wrestling with this idea of running for re-election in, in 2025. And I don't know that the forces of history are going to be in his favor. 
and that's what happens when you're in power for a long time. People think that uh, you think that you're you're the best thing for the country, and sometimes the country feels differently on that issue. Just like what happened to Harper in 2015. Exactly. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, here is the prime minister right now. And and I I would argue really the first in the role to really be under the scrutiny of things like social media. Uh, You know, we came through a pandemic where everybody, uh, you know, everybody has a microphone and everybody has a has a, you know, a, a soapbox they can climb up on. And everybody, you know, feels the 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 ability to go and target let's call it targeting um that uh, you know you go back 30 years ago if you had an issue and you didn't like the prime minister you didn't like the way government was you talked with your friends you wrote letters to newspapers you you know you maybe you got interviewed on their on the uh, the television uh maybe on the radio as well too but that role i would think has changed dramatically just because that spotlight has become so much brighter yeah, and there's a famous quote from Lester B. Pearson who said, in order to be prime minister, you need to have the hide of a rhinoceros. And I think that's doubly so true today, given uh, the social media spotlight that you talk about. But, you know, Trudeau initially was able to use that really well. People wanted to be in selfies with him, and, and I think uh, early criticism of him when he first became prime minister was, was that he was too interested in the selfies. Mm-hmm. And they called him, oh, he's the celebrity-in-chief. Right. And you don't really hear a lot of talk about selfies anymore. And in many ways, it appears as though Pierre Polyev, the leader of the opposition, has actually taken over the social media uh, landscape in terms of how skillfully he uses it. I haven't heard a lot of talk about Justin Trudeau and social media for a long time. But I think a lot of listeners uh, in your area and across the country have heard a lot about Pierre Polyev mm-hmm. and his social media campaign. So, you know, it's a it's an interesting piece of um, of campaigning and political history that we're experiencing right now because of the technological changes. And, and you know, you make the parallel. You think about. Uh, I remember there was a story talking about. You know, it was it was a picture of Barack Obama when he first got into power, and a picture in his last year, and just how much that that individual had aged. And I would argue, I mean, the same thing might be happening to the prime minister. I mean, it's been nine years, but he doesn't, you know, that maybe the shine has come uh, come off the uh, the shoes a little bit. And, uh, and and like you said, he's in that role. You have to believe that you are the best person for the job. And if you don't believe that, then you need to find a way to step aside. And he might not be willing to do that just yet. But we've got an election that's going to come up in two years or, or sooner than that as, as a possibility. Um, what what advice would you give to uh, to the man to keep the job? Uh, to keep the job, I guess I would seek out some good advice, maybe from people that you haven't uh, sought advice from previously, and give a real self-check about what your goals are for the future. What personality traits do you need to uh, temper? And how can you reconnect with Canadians in a way that maybe you haven't before? Because in the beginning, in 2015, it was all about the middle class, and right. people were, they had a big appetite for change. This, in this case, Justin Trudeau has to rebrand himself and rebrand what the Liberal Party is going to be about and really make it different. And that's going to be about uh, a little bit about personality, a little bit about the way communication takes place, and certainly with some kind of grand policy initiative, I think, would be something to bring to the electorate, just to separate himself from his previous nine years. It's going to be really hard, Brock, uh, because yeah. he's been in office so long. But that's that's what I would give him advice on. 
And 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 I, I would take that to the bank that I, you know, I, I think about the beginning of the pandemic. And I mean, for us here in Ontario, it was almost on a daily basis. You're watching the, the premier of the province. You're watching the prime minister. And uh, I mean, my opinion it doesn't count for anything, but I felt that they both took that to, you know, dealing with a situation that no one had ever been dealing with for, you know, the last hundred years. Uh, and I, I, I gave, you know, I gave credit where credit was due to the both of them. But four years on from that, and like you're saying, people, people get tired, right? And you can, you go back through history and you take a look at uh, Canadian uh, political, uh, you know, stripes and, and the leanings and, and shifting back and forth. For me, in, in my lifetime, the only prime ministers, the, the, the prime minister I can remember uh, as, as a young child was was Trudeau. And that was, yeah. you know, and, and it, you're just sort of getting a glimpse of that when you're when you're in your schooling. Uh, but that's 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 my my measuring stick. And I know that we've got listeners out there that do remember uh, Diefenbaker, that do remember Pearson. And, and uh, you know, moving forward, it'll, it's going to be interesting to see who becomes the next prime minister. Well, I think, you know, one other piece of advice I would give Justin Trudeau is to find uh, a cloak of humility. Mm-hmm. Because Canadians like humility. And uh, it's probably, it's one of the things I think they don't like about Justin Trudeau is that he does have the air of arrogance. And it's also, incidentally, one of the things that people don't like about Pierre Polyev. He also has this air of arrogance. And so humility is going to be needed. And it's also, you know, it's interesting to note that, you know, you mentioned Trudeau, Diefenbaker, Pearson, etc. But it's been over 100 years since a prime minister won four elections in a row. Right. And that was Wilfrid Laurier. Yeah. And this is what Justin Trudeau's trying to do, is do something that hasn't been done in over 100 years. And this was in an era, or he's trying to do it in an era where you're really overexposed because yes. of all the media that we have. Laurier didn't have to worry about that. So he's really tilting at the windmills with uh, history on this one. You know what, James? We could talk all day, and uh, <laughs> but I know that yeah. you're a busy man. I, I, I one quick thing before before we yeah. uh, before we wrap up. We know history books such as the one that you've you've written. They're labors of love. You invest so much of your, your yourself into finding the right stories to share. Uh, I want to have you back on. I I get to fill in every now and then for the guy who, whose show it is, uh, Mike Farwell. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to pick your brain sometime uh, about talking about uh, history in the education system too, because I know that's. Uh, that's another passion point for you, but I'm going to give you the final word. What's what's next for James Stewart? What's happening? Well, I'm writing a second book right now, Good Brock, and this one is uh, a straight-up history of Canada's prime ministers, uh, so uh, a single book where everyone can go and, and look up what's the legacy of Pearson, Diefenbaker, McDonald, whoever it may be. Loving. There hasn't been one written for 25 years, so this will be a, a refreshed interpretation of all of Canada's prime ministers, and that book will be coming out in 2025. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks, James, so much for your time, and and thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, Brock. Great to speak with you. Right, all the best for 2024. Same to you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, That was uh, James Stewart, author of Being Prime Minister, someone who I could talk to and talk with for quite a long time. Very interesting individual. Uh, We will take a quick break. When we come back, well, we'll take your calls. Give us your feedback. This is your chance. I know a lot of you have a lot of comments about the current prime minister. Keep it clean. And uh, maybe we'll give you a rundown for the rest of today's show as well, too. Give us a call, 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, or toll-free 1-800-570-5715. You are listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener.
I had all these anecdotes, and I've always been a writer as a secondary thing in my life. And I just got to this point where I need to share this story with people and exercise my writing chops and make an interesting story about Canada's prime ministers that would bring them to life instead of just seeing them as political characters. We would see them as human beings. That was James Stewart, author of the book, Being Prime Minister. He mentioned uh, at the end there that another book is coming out in 2025, also related to the Prime Ministers of Canada. Very passionate individual when it comes to Canadian history. He is a uh, history teacher as well, too. Uh, and uh, I was was watching a podcast uh, that he had done, oh, maybe two months ago. And he was talking about uh, sort of the, the, the current climate when it comes to teaching history and learning history in uh, middle schools and in high schools and in uh, post-secondary educations in Canada as well too. He's got some uh, some ideas there that need to be addressed, and, and it's it's. I'm hoping we can get him back maybe this summer when we're both on holidays again. Uh, how have your holidays been? Do you feel uh, a little need to rant or rave, anything like that? You got something on your mind? Uh, let me tell you the rest of the show today. Amazing. All you need to do is sit back and relax and enjoy. Here's what's going to go on. Um, after the 12.30 news, we're going to have a time to chat about, well, why are you who you are? I'll put it that way, and I want you to call in. One o'clock, we've got uh, my friend Dave Cotney, who writes for uh, Stadium Journeys. He is going to be talking to us about some local uh, arenas that he has toured uh, lately and given uh, some feedback on that. 1.30 p.m., we're going to talk about your family tree. What do you know about your roots? Two o'clock today. Former uh, CTV Kitchener Sports Director Randy Steinman, he's retired, but he's not sitting in his rocking chair. He's going to talk about a project that he's working on right now. Uh, 2.30 this afternoon, the one and only Spider Jones. You're like, oh my gosh, Spider Jones. I've heard him talk uh, and give, uh, give speeches to inspire. Or you remember him as a broadcaster. Or maybe you remember him as a boxer. How far back does your memory go of Spider, uh, Spider Jones? He's going to join us uh, at uh, 2.30. 3 o'clock this afternoon, we're going to talk with Stephen Ropp. He is the drummer for Something's Always Flying. That's a band, uh, local band. They're going to be putting on a show on Saturday. And uh, we're going to give them some, uh, give them a chance to, to talk about uh, the local music scene um, and, and who is up and coming and who you should be going to see and spending your money on if you are a, a live music person heading into 2024. Uh, 3.30 this afternoon, we're going to wrap things up a little year in review. We've got a minute. Tom, you've been patient. What's on your mind today, Tom? Uh, can I talk about anything? Or <laughs> Well, that's a loaded question, Tom. What's on your mind? You go, you go right ahead and we'll tell you if you can or not. Okay, uh, my main thing is what's happening in the Middle East. Okay. The whole world is watching and nobody's doing anything about it. So I just wish people uh, would stand up and uh, because well, what's happening is unbelievable. And, and I think the worry is, too, keep going, Tom. Yep. that on both sides, but something has to be done. That's it. All right. I appreciate That's that it. call. Oh, oh, oh. yeah. Come call back in again, and, and and Tom makes a good point, right? That idea of uh, of what's happening in the Middle East. I think the worry is for a lot of people that it is just going to continue to expand and get in uh, get into other countries and other uh, other fronts, and that is a worry that uh, that a lot of us have as we turn the calendar to twenty twenty four. Thanks for the call.
and uh, and give us a call back to uh, Tom if you get a uh, get a chance to do that. We're coming to the bottom of the hour. We'll take a quick break. We'll get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, why are you who you are? Or better yet, what is in a name? Stay tuned. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalt sitting in for the vacationing. Mike Farwell. Never fear, he will be back next week. Uh, if you were listening in on yesterday's show, we were talking with Joanne and Judy with Community Living Ontario, and uh, we were talking about a campaign. Uh, it is hashtag five to survive. Uh, basically, the argument is that the province's current strategy for developmental services has this vision that people with developmental disabilities are there to be supported by their communities, support networks and government so they can, quote unquote, belong and live inclusive lives. But unfortunately, the, organizer, uh, the organizations rather whose mission is, is to support people to live those inclusive lives uh, are running out of resources. So... They are calling on the province to provide an immediate 5% boost to developmental services agency core funding, as well as passport and special services at home funding. And they're asking people to make their voices heard. They have uh, put out a petition. They're hoping for 10,000 people to sign up to that petition. And uh, as of yesterday, when we first ran the story, there were 2,189 signatures on that petition. And I don't know if we can take uh, credit for all of the increase, but why not? We were talking about it. It's jumped up by 141 new signatures. So thanks to you for doing what you've done. Uh, If you didn't get a chance to do it yet, go on your, your, your... you know, your favorite search engine and click onto the information superhighway, type in hashtag five to survive. It's going to take you to uh, Community Living Ontario link and uh, make your voice heard. It will take you 30 seconds. You put in your first, your last name, your address, your postal code, uh, and then it says, we'll notify your representatives, right? So you, it, it does all the work for you. Getting to that 10,000 is not impossible. Reaching that goal uh, says a lot to the powers that be, right? Get on board. Hashtag five to survive. Throw it up on your socials. Chat it up with your friends. The power of social media at your fingertips. Um, Okay, so here's the question. Why are you who you are? Your name. Uh, Who are you named after? Did you have any say in what you were going to be named? Probably not. Does your name define you? Could you change it if you you had the ability? And you do have the ability. Would you change it? Have you changed it? What would you change it to? A lot of questions out there. And the idea is, here we are heading into a new year. And maybe you've never really spent much time thinking about your name, and does it 
make you who you are or do you make your name? I'll give you an example. I'll use me as an example because I, I have an interesting name. So <laughs> when I first got into radio and I, I started talking, someone's like, uh, you need to come up with a, uh, a fake name for radio. I'm like, I think most people are going to think this is a fake name anyway. Let's just leave it as it is. So Brock Ryan Alfred Greenhalch. That's the name. The last name can be pronounced a number of different ways. We even have uh, changes in the, the pronunciation within my own family. Just the way things go. Uh, here's the story of my name and, and why I am who I am. Brock, the whole time my mom was pregnant back in 1969 and probably part of 1968, uh, she thought she was having a girl. So I was going to be Elizabeth. Lo and behold, that did not happen. And instead, here she is. She has a, a, a daughter at home and a son at home. And along comes uh, baby number three. We got no boy name. Well, her maiden name was Brockbank. My older brother, Rob, in his wisdom, being eight years older than I was, uh, still is, says, why don't you call the baby Brock? So there you go. Ryan uh, is in honor of an uncle, uh, my father's brother, that passed away at the age of three weeks. I know. That's what happened back in those days. Alfred, that's my father's first name, and uh, Greenhalch. It is a geographical location. It means of the green hollow. So there you go. Brock of the green hollow. So that's, that's my name. I had no say in the matter. Uh, but it, it also uh, it, it impacts us because that's, who we, that's what we present to the world. So I want to hear from you. What's your name? Do you know the story of your name as well, too? And while I wait for the phone lines to light up, because I know they're going to, and if they don't, then Devin's going to tell us about his name. Um, here's a story for you. Back in 1958, there's a guy named Robert Lane who lives in New York. He decides to do a little experiment with his children. He decides to name his sons Winner and, you guessed it, Loser, just to see how it impacts their life. I, I'm not going to speak to uh, the character of this man, but this was what had happened. Uh, so, Winner comes along first, okay? During the birth of his youngest son in 1958, he decides that, um, you know, uh, the, the, the second child, let's just see what happens. We've got a winner. Let's go with loser. He just thought it was a funny thing to do, and he wondered whether or not it was going to have a boost in either of their lives. So winner, uh, winner Lane and Loser Lane, they grow up in the same house. They live in, the, uh, in, a, in a section of Harlem. Uh, they're raised together. Both of them turn out to be completely different people, which we know happens. One of them grows up to be brilliant in academics and talented in sports. The other grows up to be a criminal. Ironically, the boy who grew up to excel in his life was Loser. Loser Lane earns a scholarship to study at an elite boarding school. Uh, he later gets admission to uh, Lafayette College and gets a job as a detective with the NYPD. Great salary. Um, as he goes through his life, his friends call him Lou. Easy enough to do that. We just dropped the other part. He also mentioned at one point, sometimes he would try maybe a French version of it. Loisier. No, he went with Lou. Winter Lane, on the other hand, winner lives a life full of criminal activities. 
His first arrest back in September of 1977 for aggravated assault. Uh, Throughout his lifetime, he has a record for over 30 arrests following various crimes, including trespassing, theft, and resisting arrest. So, do you grow into your name? Do you live your life despite your name? What's the story behind your name? Why are you who you are? If you're a parent, well, you got to name your child. Pet owners, you get to name your, your furry friends. Uh, Your friends can give you a nickname. What does it all mean? Tell us your story. Give us a call, 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, toll-free, 1-800-570-5715. We need to hear from you. This segment of the show has no one that we're going to interview other than ourselves. So while the phones are starting to light up, remember, it's a live show. We had this discussion yesterday. Uh, some people are tuning in, go, "What? This is what? This is live?" Now, that being said, it um, it, it might be the fact that uh, you're listening to it later this evening because sometimes that happens. It gets packaged up and 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 uh, it will be pre-recorded to to put a timestamp on it. It is currently twelve forty-one p.m. on Friday, December 29th, If that helps. You're at home, you're like, oh my gosh, Brock just said the current time. This must be a live show. All right, so on with, I'm going to put put Devin on the spot right now. Devin's going to call up his microphone. He didn't know that this is what was going to happen. But we're going to ask Devin to tell us if he knows the story of his name and why he is who he is. I'm looking across at the board right now. He's having a conversation with somebody. Uh, Devin, any idea why you are who you are? Uh, like why I got named Devin? Yes. I actually do know. Okay, let's hear it. It's, uh, almost underwhelming, I suppose you could say. That's okay. As my mom was pregnant with me, at one point, they, her and my dad were driving uh, in Montreal, and they passed by a street named Devin. Ah. Devin Rue, or Rue Devin. Well, very good, yeah. Which might, uh... Imply Devon. Devon. Put a bit of a, a French oui, twinge oui. on it, but it's never, I've never heard anyone else say it like that, but Devon. you could. You could. But yeah, literally they drove past the street sign, they saw Devon, and <laughs> my mom was like, that's a good name. If I have a boy, I'm going to name it Devon. Boom. Now, uh, what about a middle name? Is it like a grandpa's name or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It's what? my grandfather's on my mom's side, Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. And that, that happens quite often, right? Yeah. That we uh, we we honor our, our our prior family members that way. Um, if you're at home listening, give us a call. Tell us your name. Uh, Mark Payne, who uh, also works in the radio industry, just sent me a text, uh, a message, and he was talking about. Um, uh, it says ultimately found out that men were 15 and a half percent more likely to work in occupations. Um, that had their last name than they should have been based on random chance. In every occupation, men with surnames matching their chosen profession were more over-representative. So if you were, if your last name is Cooper and you make barrels, that just goes to show you that's what you should do. Uh, thanks for sending me that too, Mark. I appreciate it. Um, Fern, you're on. What's what's on your mind today? Hello. Hi. How are you? Fine. <laughs> You're talking about uh, names. Yes. 
Um, well, now I'm very elderly. But anyway, when I was a little girl, I complained to my mother all the time about Fern. <laughs> I did not like that. Didn't name. like that I, name at all. I did not because I didn't know anybody who had a name Fern. But I did not like it. <laughs> <laughs> no problem at all. No problem. Well, but you know that, and and it stands out. But that's uh, that that's important. And I and I and, and thanks for that call, Fern. Well, and, and, no, oh, I'm not. You, oh, you're, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, all okay. right. What what else you got on your mind? Well, no, it's still continuing on. Um, she got tired of me, <laughs> and she finally said to me, she says, and I was the firstborn in the family. She said, my father had said to her when they got married, he said, our first daughter is going to be named Fern. Ah. And I, and I really adored my father. <laughs> there you go. Viewer daddy's so, girl. Anyway, so then she explained to me that when he was sometime in a hospital in Meaford, um, and this is back in the 1919, you know, in the early 1900s, his nurse was Fern. Oh, wow. Gardner. Yes. And she was the most wonderful person he had ever met. Wow. <laughs> there you go. There, and that, and that's, that's a lovely... And I'm not lovely, finished. Still not finished, Fern. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it. What else is on your mind? Well, it's all about Fern. It is. Well, no kidding. So I go to public school. Nobody is named Fern. I go to high school, SAVI, and there was a girl in there named Fern. I go down to Stratford Teachers College, and there was a few fern there. I went to came into Kitchener here in the fifties or the no the sixties, and there's three ladies named Fern in the church. <laughs> well, and that and the, it it does have a certain time to it, doesn't it? The the, the name Fern. Well, maybe I don't know, but I don't think I'm standing up to my father's standard. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I, I. I think you're doing just fine. Anyway, thank you for listening to me. Well, thanks for calling in, Fern. I appreciate it. All right. We'll talk again soon. Listen, we're going to take a uh, a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to have a chat with Amanda Kind, and we're going to have a little chit chat about KW Glee and pop therapy. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Five Seventy. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing. Mike Farwell, no fear. He will be back behind the microphone next week. Amanda Kind is a name you should be familiar with. She has been involved in local music and theater and all things arts for a while now. Uh, A little side story. I managed to get tickets to see Pop Therapy, which is the adult version of KW Glee a few months back, and was blown away. And I knew that when Mike was going on holidays... Amanda would be someone that I wanted to talk to. And Amanda, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, Brock. Thanks for having me on. It's always nice to chat. Listen, I, I, and, and my apologies. I was hoping to have you on a little bit sooner, but I wanted to get, to get you in here because I know you're, you're a busy individual. Go, go figure, right? Uh, if, we take, <laughs> if we take a look at KW Glee, the, we, had, we talked before, and, and you, I'd asked you to send me some notes. Um, since the pandemic shut down, uh, it seems to me, and, I, and you can speak to this, I think it feels like things have just exploded in a good way. They really have for us. It was so strange. You know, we were going quite along really well before the pandemic. And then 
when everything shut down, we didn't operate for about a year, and mm. that felt so so odd. But when we came back after the pandemic, it seemed that people wanted to sing with other people <laughs> more than ever before. And so we've we've experienced an incredible um, just boost in in people wanting to be involved, which is amazing. We've never we didn't have an adult group uh, prior to to 2022. And so, or it's prior to this year, actually. Um, and so the, the adult group has really surprised us. You know, we, when we, we were hesitant to start something for adults because we were like, do people really want to sing pop songs and sing and dance <laughs> as adults? Apparently they do. Talk. Apparently they do. You know, <laughs> we started out last term with, um, we were thinking we would get about 40 people and we ended up with about 100. Wow. And this term we have 150 so 150 local people on stage singing and dancing with each other in a variety of ages uh, it's been really cool to see like some intergenerational things happening so sometimes um moms and their kids are in the, in the adult kids are in the group together it's pretty magical actually well and, and I, i've got a, a few connections to it i i had worked uh, I, I did a show gosh a decade ago uh with kwmp and i was in hairspray and at the time dave atkins i taught with dave and 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 he was the director and i remember thinking at that point you know what what's what's out there for that group of people that are kind of let's say they're they're done their 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 glee time they're done their time in their their early 20s they get on with life and then all of a sudden they're like there's an itch i want to get back on stage i want to get back to to doing some performing and i think that that uh pop therapy uh, pop therapy the, the the adult group uh is kind of fills that that void would you agree absolutely i think what happens is people get busy with life and then they yeah. miss that experience of being in a choir or in a or even involved in musical theater as when they were kids and this is something that is one night a week it's um, it's a commitment, but it's not huge. And it's the chance to sing current material. You know, we do everything from like oldies all the way up to stuff that's currently on the chart. Yeah. And it's amazing. Our current show is coming up at the end of January. And I would love to say there's tickets, but they're gone. Well, good. that's it's a good problem to have. That's a good problem to have. Both our, Both our youth show, which is coming up, also in January, so we have two weekends of shows coming up, one with the kids and one with the adults, and the tickets are gone, which is incredible, yeah. just a, an amazing problem to have. And there's nothing better, I mean, as you know, as a performer as well, to playing to a sold-out audience for multiple shows is an awesome feeling. Yeah. And that's why we called the adult group Pop Therapy, because it's kind of like, a, a bit therapeutic to get out there and sing and feel that joyful adrenaline rush. And and I think, for me anyway, I can't speak for other people, but I I could see myself in in the people that were up there and and, and thinking, yeah, maybe I'd like to get back to doing that if I yeah, right. And and you, you've got <laughs> you've got somebody there now. Where are the shows going to be this time around? They're at the Humanities Theater at the University of Waterloo. It's a, right. it's a beautiful theater it space. Is. Both of our shows are going to be there all the information about that is on our, our website um again you know i don't there's no tickets left unfortunately for our upcoming shows but in the future yes. you know if, if people are interested in joining or being involved that's the place to get information or we have a facebook page and uh an instagram account that's those are both places and our, our the best place though is to go to our website and sign up for our email list that's where we send out all the auditions and the tickets and all that kind of stuff 
But wow, it's really been an awesome experience to to watch people kind of like relax. I mean, some people tell us this, is, <laughs> this makes Monday fun for them, which is great. Absolutely. Now, okay, so the show's going to wrap up. Uh, you, you've got the shows at the, at the end of January. Uh, and then is there is there a bit of a break? And then there's going to be another group of pop therapy after that? What's going to happen after that? Yes, actually, we start again uh, for our spring term. We start in February. So we have like a two-week break, and then we're back rehearsing new material and we'll be accepting auditions for that so if people are interested you know we have opportunities in our organization for everyone from grade one and up so we have a mini group for grades one to three we have our junior group from grade four to eight then we have the senior group which is our teenagers from grade nine to first year university and then we have pop therapy which is for adults so there's something kind of for every age bracket uh, if you're interested in singing and dancing uh, with current uh, pop songs. Amanda, what do you do with all your spare time? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have lots of things going on. You know, I'm an artist myself, so I'm balancing many, many different artistic things in my life. But that's part of um, the joy of being an artist. Yeah. You know, most of us who are full-time artists have multiple uh, multiple jobs. I teach uh, a commercial voice class at Laurier, which is really super fun. And uh, it allows me to kind of be involved with all different age groups of people, which is great. And then I release music myself, which is a fun time and helps me stay connected to the art itself. And, and, and kudos to you because I, uh, I've been keeping up with uh, the things that Amanda Kind has been doing. And uh, yeah, this is 2023 to, and, and 2022, great years for you. Um, 2024, what, what can we expect from Amanda Kind? Oh, that's such a great question. Well, I just put out a record in November, which is called The Good Fight. And so that that I'm still promoting and, you know, working hard at. And I had an amazing release concert just recently with, you know, sold out, which was awesome. Uh, my friend James Downham and I have a Christmas song that's currently spinning on the radio called In the Mood for Christmas. Ooh, all right. Yeah, it's just wrapping up right now. So 2024 is going to be filled with lots more new music and lots of teaching. I I really love teaching. It's not something I do to supplement my income. It's something I do because I'm totally passionate about it and love it. Uh, so I'll be doing lots more teaching and then just playing shows in the summer, which is going to be fun. That's awesome. And and the yesterday and again today, we people that we've had on the show talking about their passions. And if you can find something that you're passionate about, um, and you can you can turn that into a career, you you never work a day in your life. Is, is that right? Well, you know, I wouldn't say you don't work, but it makes <laughs> the work easier. You know, I would say you work harder than you maybe ever would at, at something you're not passionate about. But it does mean that you are you're dedicated in a totally different way like i'm so committed to the stuff i'm doing but i'm grateful that i'm doing work that i love but is there lots of it of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> listen amanda thank you so much for giving us some of your time today all the best in 2024 and uh we're looking forward i maybe i'm gonna have to look at scalper tickets i don't know how how bad it's gonna get to try and get in to see this show in january but i'll i'll, yes. I'll work on my my sources anyway well send Maybe I can wrestle up a ticket for you. What? <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Amanda. All right. Great talking with you. That was Take Amanda. Bye-bye. You too. Thank you. Amanda Kind. She is connected throughout the region when it comes to everything related to theater and arts and music. And uh, we were just ch- uh, having a quick chat about um, the, the, the adult version of KW Glee Pop Therapy. If you haven't seen the show... 
and you were lucky enough to get tickets for this coming January, you are going to be amazed. Um, if you don't have tickets, you're going to have to wait for the next round, but I, I'll guarantee you it's worth the wait. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We're coming to the top of the hour, and uh, we'll have some more fun. We'll talk with Dave Cotney after 1 o'clock. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalch sitting in for Mike Farwell. He is... Um, Warming up his vocal cords as we speak, he's setting off to call three, count them, three Kitchener Rangers games in the next four days. The Flint Firebirds are in town tonight. Then the Blue Shirts uh, head up to Owen Sound and then over to Oshawa to start the new year. No rest for the wicked. No rest for Mike Farwell because he is not wicked uh writer podcaster videographer at stadium journey dave cotney does it all he's the eastern canada regional correspondent for the website stadium journey he's been at it for almost 13 years he's also the co-host of the stadium journey podcast and obstructed views podcast the kitchener native gets to uh, live his best life as he travels around North America, watching sporting events, taking notes uh, of the facilities, uh, the, enjoying the food and the fans and, and the overall experience. And he's taken some time out of his busy day to t- today rather, to talk with us. Welcome back to the show. Dave, how are you doing? Brock Greenhalgh, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, and, and I know that uh, you know, you're, you're traipsing around, uh, around the world as always, and I'm, I'm glad that you made some time for us. Um, I was just I was checking out uh, some of your your social media posts over the last little while, and um, interesting to see that you have turned your your lens uh, inward a little bit and 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 given us a, a little glimpse into some local arenas. You've uh, over the last week uh, you've posted about the William Allman uh, Memorial over in Stratford, lovely old barn over there, uh, the North Dumfries Community Complex, and the Brantford and District Civic Center. Um, let's start with uh, William Allman. It's that it's that grand old throwback. What uh, what was your impression when you walked in that building? Wow, it was uh, it was a, t- a term I use often when when I describe uh, hockey arenas, especially to uh, my American friends who are not <laughs> overly familiar. It's it's the old school hockey barn, yes. and that is. That is the most apt description of, of William Allman. We actually, uh, my review of of the William Allman Arena is featured right now, actually, on Stadium Journey. It was just posted up today. So, uh, it's, I mean, it just doesn't get, it, you, they don't make them like this anymore, right? right. You, to, from the, and, and I'm, I'm a little weird. I'm, I'm not ashamed to say, like, I look at things like, like the ceiling, the the hardwood ceiling with yeah. the with the arced wrought iron uh, structure, um, the the wooden the wooden love seats, which for some of us, you know, are definitely not love seats. They're they're just good enough for one. Uh, but it, yeah, it did. They they don't they don't do it like this. And then huge for me too. It, it doesn't matter if you have a, a an old rank or a new rank. If you can show, you know, what your experience is all about, what like the history of yeah. your team. So yep. it, in Stratford, they have a ton of trophy cases with artifacts from all kinds of players who've either gone through or 
or players like uh, like Craig Hartsburg or Tim Taylor, who are actually from Stratford. Mm-hmm. And and I call myself a bit of a treasure hunter. Like I I, I like going into the little local sports hall of fame that you yeah. find in some arenas and trying to pick. Hey, I've actually heard of this guy. Um, so that's a, that's always fun. But yeah, totally a totally unique experience in in Stratford. They don't they don't do it like that anymore. Well, and, and the interesting thing is, I think too, Dave, you've got a building that's you know it's a hundred years old. It's run by the city. A lot of times, those old arenas just fall into disrepair, and you know, or they're bulldozed, or they're replaced, or forgotten about. That's not the case in yeah. Stratford. No, not at all. Actually, in, in my review, I. I put in a couple links there's a, a cbc link hosted by uh peter mansbridge who who although not from stratford lives mm. in stratford uh and, and uh one from the when they hosted hockey day in canada and if you know anything about stratford the way they treated the arena was very stratford right? <laughs> they they weren't they weren't going to run it over and, and build up something new uh, they weren't going to replace things that and, and make them more modern. Right. Uh, you know, he, Peter Mansbridge details how they they took the old wooden seats and just sanded them and painted them and repaired them, as opposed to putting in you know new single plastic seats. Yeah. They yeah. Uh, didn't put rubber over the the hardwood. It's the same 1924 hardwood that you know they installed originally, and and that's. Like I said, if you know anything about Stratford, that that's very Stratford. The, they, the preservation, very conscious of what it looks like, what it feels like, and and they've done a great job. It, you, I don't think you could do it everywhere, uh, but you know you had that old feel, but it it didn't feel like it was falling apart. And sometimes when you go to an old barn, it does feel like it's falling yeah, apart. Yeah, and 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 I mean when people go on and they and they check out uh, your reviews, I, and the nice thing is. You go in, you check these things out, you talk about the food, you talk about the atmosphere, you talk about, you know, the, the add-ons, the, the little extra points that you get, and, and it's a great write-up. And the nice thing is, too, for a family, um, it, it's, it's, it's not a big ding to the pocketbook. You get to watch some, some, uh, some good hockey. You mentioned the fact that, uh, that they're, they're a big draw, right? So these are the things that we, we've been talking about this the last couple of days, that idea, especially... Uh, this time of the year where, you know, people are like, well, what do I get them as gifts? Well, get them experiences. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we're like, I, I'm not that old, I guess. And I do remember when, you know, going to a Rangers game was, was 15 or 16 bucks a ticket. Yeah. And, and now it's, it's heading towards 30. Yeah. And, you know, I love the Rangers. They're doing, they're doing great. Uh, I love going, you know, a few times a year, but you know, to go to Stratford or any of the other Junior B ones is twelve. Right, right. And the uh, the product on the ice is is I, I I say it's simple but solid. Right, they don't have a lot of the you know bells and whistles and and uh, you know fancy light shows or anything like that. It's it's hockey. Yeah, they play some music in between. You know, there's. Sometimes the the PA guy is a little over the top. Sometimes <laughs> not. Right? It's 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 hockey. Well, and and, and it's all part hockey, of the atmosphere, right? Like that's absolutely. If and we oh go ahead, the hockey itself is. I mean, to me, the biggest difference that you see right away is that 
you're not looking at these giants that you would see in in the OHL, right? Yeah. Like generally yeah. speaking, they're the players are just a lot smaller. Yeah. But it's it's quick, it's exciting, and uh, it, it's worth it. I mean, it's twelve bucks if you. If you spend the twelve bucks and don't have a good time, then you're only out twelve bucks. <laughs> that I, you can take that to the bank. I like that. If we if we slide down and, and we head to Brantford for a few minutes, here come the Hamilton yep. Bulldogs. They decide that they yep. want a new uh, a new home, and they they kind of they pack up their bags. They head over to Brantford for a little while. Uh, what's the atmosphere like right now in the Brantford and District Civic Center? What are they? Does it feel like OHL to you when you go there? Uh, it does. It's. Um, I mean, there's definitely a newness to it. And I'd, I'd been to Brantford before. Uh, Wilfer Laurie had a few, a few uh, homecoming games okay. over the years there yep. uh, for their Brantford campus. Right. And they, you know, they get they get a I don't know, a few hundred people, five hundred people, or whatever. And then the arena is like about almost about three thousand, I would say. But now it's packed for the Bulldogs. Uh, I, it feels like the community's really embraced it. Um, it feels, it feels like this is a short-term deal mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that arena. Now, whether or not they stay in Brantford for the long term, who knows? Right. But, but the arena itself, I, I, I can't say that I've been in a spot that just felt as, as, as close. It was like it was packed. And the uh, like, they have the 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 concourse or whatever is up behind the seating bowl, right. and it was tight tight to get around. So, you know, when the game's over, everybody's sort of doing their little waddle <laughs> waddle to get out, and uh, it's not exactly fast moving. But again, a great experience. Um, I don't I don't know if you remember the old Brantford Alexanders, like way yes, back. Way back. In the, in the early 80s. Uh, so, I mean, it's great for a, a community like Brantford to get another shot at junior hockey. And and this is the opportunity for them to, to prove it, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is their proving ground. So for, for a guy who has seen, I'm going to say the best of the best when it comes to arenas and all the hype and all of those things. Uh, what was it? What was the draw for you to, to turn and, and look local? What did you what were you hoping to find? Well, I think I'm always looking for something new. Yeah. Um, like I said, I love the Rangers and whatnot, but I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a season ticket kind of guy. Like I do have season tickets for Wilfrid Laurier hockey. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, I, I go to as many of those as I can, but after that it's okay. Like I'm looking for something a little different. Um, and actually kind of what sparked it was I started going to some junior lacrosse okay. in the summer because I was getting the, uh, the baseball burnout, right? Like you got baseball and that's it. And I'm like, okay, I'm looking for something a little bit different. And I, I tried a, a KW, uh, KW lacrosse club game yeah, and it was okay. Um, but I, you know, being kind of a completionist, which is dangerous. I don't suggest anybody should be a completionist. Yeah. I then decided, well, I want to try and get as many of these lacrosse places as possible. So then I went to some real like hotbeds like uh, Orangeville. Wow, what a lacrosse hotbed that is. <laughs> oh, there you and, go. And it, I, seriously, oh, it's like the biggest thing going. Uh, Mimico, uh, a little spot in Toronto. And then that kind of expanded to, well, you know, why not try some, some junior hockey? We actually we have a, a cottage in Wasaga Beach. So the real spark was I, I kept driving through Stainer, and there was a sign there, Stainer Siskins Junior C Hockey. And I was like, hey, you know, yeah. if I'm going up for on a winter on a winter night or whatever, I, I might – 
stop and check it out. And I did. I, I saw the, the Stainer Siskins and had a good time. Uh, the next night I went to the Collingwood Blues. Uh, they're um, Junior A, like Tier 2, OJ, OJHL. Right. Had a blast. And I was like, you know what? Like, everybody, uh, some of my friends are, are, are pestering me to give Junior B a try. So I gave it a try. And uh, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a good experience so far. That's, and that's that's good for for people to hear that as well too because you know like you said it's 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 fast the game you know it's it's still the same game right and it's it's mm-hmm. you get to see some of these these kids that this is their time to shine right this is this is the the highlight of their of their career we're just about to turn the corner into 2024 what's on what's on your bucket list of places to go this year david oh boy uh well my bucket list uh is infinite yes um, unfortunately my wife is not pleased that my bucket list is infinite, but uh, I mean, in the in the short term, next year, uh, I, I do plan on on taking in some more junior B. Uh, in the very short term, uh, I I have plans to get to uh, KW for the Siskins, Cambridge, uh, Listowel. I've heard great things about Listowel and St. Mary's. Uh, we have our, our stadium journey convention coming up in June, awesome. and we've got we're we're heading to the Baltimore. Uh, area so uh, about four four games there i think um including some indie indie baseball at york and bethesda and the aberdeen ironbirds which is their single a i believe and then we're hoping to get in to uh to the orioles so that's that's kind of what i've got on the short list yes what the next winter shows uh who knows and, and and your ball cap collection is just going to keep growing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And and I got to say, I'm talking to you right now from the uh, the parking lot of the Geronimo Adventure Park in Houston, Texas. Oh, so, nice. Uh, in the very short term, I'm taking in some uh, Houston Cougars basketball and uh, Houston Rockets on New Year's Day and the Houston Texans on uh, New Year's Eve. You're the planner, and I I love that about you, Dave. Like I know that uh, you know your wife's happy if there is uh, you know some shopping involved, but you I think you you just kind of get that that vibe, and and you like to sit down, you map it all out, and kudos to you because uh, we I can live vicariously through you. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta join in on some of the roadies. Well, you know, we 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 did that trip down to Pittsburgh. That was a lot of fun, and that's a long time ago. It's it's time for something new. Time for something. That's true. We'll we'll talk off the air. Absolutely. All right. Listen, Dave. I thanks so much for your time. I'm going to let you go and enjoy yourself uh, while you're traveling through Houston. And uh, great to chat with you. It's always great to to hear what you got going on. All right. Thanks, Brock. Yeah. All the best to you as well too, and the family. Thanks so much, Dave. That was Dave Cotney the Eastern Canada Regional Correspondent for the website Stadium Journey. If you've never checked it out, go check it out right now. Uh, They do uh, two podcasts. There's the Stadium Journey podcast. They also do uh, uh, obstructed views. So uh, great stuff. And and the the minds that come together, the things that they talk about, um, if you got a few minutes... You know, maybe you're on the treadmill and you need something to, to do other than listen to uh, the same 10 news or 10 songs you've been listening to. Pop on a podcast and I would would recommend that you check out either one of those things. Uh, we do need to take a quick break. When we come back, let's hear from you. Give us a call. Uh, what's on your mind? 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, toll free one 800 570 We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. We can talk about your name, 
we can talk about whether or not you're going to go and try out for adult uh, pop therapy because I know there's some singers out there, right? Not just not just karaoke or in the shower or just by yourself. Sing like no one's listening, something like that. Uh, maybe you want to talk about uh, your plans for what's coming up over New Year's. Uh, give us a call. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. Greenhalgh sitting in for Mike Farwell. He will be back behind the mic next week, 2024. Don't ask me what day, because I'm looking at the calendar thinking Monday is New New Year's Day, and then it's the second. I'm getting the, all right. He's back on the air January 2nd. You heard it here first. Devin is on top of those things. Uh, and, and back to his regular time slot as well, too. I know this is messing everybody up. We're here live today, noon till four. Uh, not, you know, not when you would normally hear the, the Mike Farwell show, but it's the in-between days between, between Christmas and New Year's. And it, one of the keys to success, Devin, is flexibility. So there you go. All right. Um, so far, so good. We've had some, some great chit-chats. We've, uh, we've just finished talking with Dave Cotney. Uh, prior to that, we were talking with Amanda Kind. We've also had a chance to just, well, Fern called in to tell us about her name. That was, uh, that was pretty impre- uh, impressive. I was hoping that that would have generated more, but that's okay. We can come back to that. And, um, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's started off the day talking with James Stewart about uh, his book, Being Prime Minister. So lots of things to, uh, to, to you know, we can check off that list. And uh, lots of things coming up as well, too. Uh, the next segment, one thirty segment, is another uh, audience participation segment. And um, what we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about your family tree. We're going we're gonna to find out how much do you know about your family tree? How deep do the roots go? And uh, maybe you're willing to share that as well, too. Something to think about. Going back, we keep checking in with that hashtag five to survive uh, uh, petition. I'm just going to refresh. And, oh, my. It's gone up another 12. So that means 153 names added to the petition. And, Devin, I, I need a nod from you. We can say that was, that was the show we did yesterday and, and again today. It's not about kudos to us. It's about kudos to you and making sure that people get the message. So check it out. Hashtag five to survive. It'll take you 30 seconds. Go on uh, and do your part. And I thank you. Devin thanks you. All of the people with Community Living Ontario, thank you as well too. And uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, We're coming to the bottom of the hour. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll get an update from the City News uh, Kitchener News Center. When we come back, your family tree. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. Who we now know 
through one Devin Robertson will continue to vacate this spot on the 1st of January. Not sure what's going on there. But he'll be back on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. And I uh, can't wait to hear what it, I, apparently was on the, the nice list. And uh, let's see what, uh, what was under the tree for him. Um, I recently made an interesting discovery online. Uh, my parents came to Canada back in 1949, and they settled in Chatham, Ontario. They had left Great Britain after World War II when the economy had taken a nosedive. Uh, they'd been married back in 1947. And as the story goes, my Aunt Mary had attended the wedding. She had been here in Canada living and had come back to uh, to England for the wedding um, and started to talk to my parents about Canada being this great land of opportunity. So my father finishes off his apprenticeship, and then in 1949, he and my mom climb aboard a ship, and they make their way across the Atlantic. Now, that's not a, that's not a, a new story. That's not a, you know, there, there are a million stories like that. Here's where uh, the interesting thing came in for me. As a kid, you know, like sometimes you'd listen to your parents' stories or your grandparents' stories and you'd half you'd be half listening and, you know, kind of missing those things. Uh, or you'd hear them over and over and over again and, and just not want to pay attention to them anymore and maybe forget some of the key pieces of information. For me, the challenge had always been I was, uh, I was uh, late to the party. Let's put it that way. My... Um, my mom was 44 when she had me, all the time thinking that she was having Elizabeth. And uh, so I didn't get to spend as much time with my parents as other families did. And, and, and I, I, you know, I, that's, that's just the, the way that it was. But the, the key thing for me was always trying to remember their stories. So, you know, I, I look at this, this story and, and as I said, I, I kind of missed some key pieces of information. I reach out to my brother, reach out to my sister. But then what I come across the other day um, I had no idea what the name of the ship was that they'd been on, uh, when that initial, uh, initial sailing had, had taken place. Fast forward 75 years almost from the day they sailed, uh, with a little bit of digging online, I was actually able to find the ship's manifest for the ship that my parents came across uh, to Canada. Just amazing to, to, to be able to see that. It might not mean anything to anybody else, but to me, it was uh, it, it answered a lot of questions. So the question for me to you is this, how much of your family tree are you aware of? Ha- have you done any digging? Have you uh, used uh, you know, the, the tools that are available online? If you do document your family's history, um, how do you do that? Right. I know how excited I was when I, when I found that ship's manifest. Uh, here are my mom and dad written on a piece of paper back in 1949. They're on a Manchester liner that sails to Montreal in, uh, and it arrives in June of, of 1949. They were, one, they were two of 12 passengers on board this ship, and here's why. It was a cargo ship, so, uh, and it was called the Manchester Regiment. So if you're a, if you're a, a ship aficionado, uh, you can look that one up. Uh, being a cargo ship, you know, the, the, there were very few passengers. My mom always told the story that on the, that seven-day journey across the ocean, they dined with the captain every night. 
Well, it makes sense. If there were only 12 passengers on board the entire ship, they could probably all sit down at one table. So that was, that was uh, you know, the, the beginnings of their life in Canada. Um, I'll tell you, I've tracked down some photos of that, that ship, and I can't imagine trying to sail across the Atlantic Ocean on a vessel that size. No, thank you. But hats off to my mom and dad for doing it. You know, my dad was 21. My mom was 23. And here they were putting, you know, their life, um, their old life behind them and, and, and moving on to something brand new. So I open up the phones, uh, phone lines to you. Are you on a journey to find out more about your family tree? Where are you on that journey? What are the most exciting things that you've discovered? Sometimes we find inaccuracies. Uh, For example, on the one document, my dad's birth date was incorrect. On another document, my mom's birth date is incorrect. You go back to 1949, well, there's no computers to uh, cross-reference everything. Uh, Luckily, someone just managed to, to at least hang on to that documentation. So what nuggets have you discovered? Give us a call and share your story. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, let's hear what you've got to say. 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, toll free 1-800-570-5715. What's your story? You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Welcome back. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for Mike Farwell. Never fear, he will return by the second day of 2024. In the meantime, I'll keep you company. Uh, We had a caller uh, questioning and and wondering about where I had managed to get the information uh, about my folks. And I'm I'm trying to go back through my emails right now. It is a, uh, and I'm I'm not going to be able to find it in time, but that's okay. It was a British website. Uh, I did have to sign up for a membership, but I'm going to cancel it after a week. So it's still free. And uh, basically, I I just started by doing a, a search of ships manifests and focused in on 1949 it gives you a kind of a plus minus of of one or two years on either side of it and um yeah it took it didn't take very long to to find it uh in, in interesting and it, and it brings up the point too the other 10 people the other 10 passengers on board that uh that that ship um when you when i took a look at it it, it told a story on, on its own because here was this, this uh, ship's manifest where there were people in their 60s that were coming over. There were two, I, I'm, I'm assuming that they were two sisters, uh, both in their 60s that were, that were coming to Canada to start a new life. There are, uh, you know, individuals in their 70s, uh, you know, other individuals in their 30s. So, with my with my dad at 21 and my mom at 23 they were the youngest people on board the ship and uh imagine how i can't i can't even imagine what it would be like to give up really all that you knew um and this is you know before i mean yeah you could you could maybe make a telephone call once every 6 months to your to your family or something like that writing letters but you were basically it's like going to the moon you're going to a completely different part of the the world um 
you could get back. And, you know, by the 60s, uh, 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 air travel was was uh, much more uh, uh, easier to come by than it had been. But still, just imagine, like that's, I, I often think about my parents, and, and, and it gets echoed in lots of other stories, the risk takers that they were. Doug, you've been patiently waiting. What's, uh, what's on your mind today? Came from Ireland, 1834. Came from Leitrim, Ireland. Now, settled. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, keep going. Settled first in a small town south of Ottawa by the name of Leitrim. A couple of years later, they moved to Rupert, Quebec, purchased a couple of farms up there. There were 17 on the boat when they came over. Wow. We have found the family farm. We have been to the family farm, and uh, the gentleman who owns it has been very, very kind in letting us um, traipse over the property. And uh, from what little history we know, um, we have found things there. In that search, we found the family cemetery, which at that time was all overgrown. Headstones had fallen down. Uh, wild roses, lots of wild uh, trees, etc. Um, ever since then, um, a lot of a number of us uh, get together every spring, first first weekend of May, and we have rebuilt the family cemetery. We've collected all the headstones and um, we've moved them to the front in a cairn, and we have. Um, done a fair bit of work and hope that my children and everybody else's um, will continue. That, that's a labor of love, Doug, and thanks for sharing. That's not an easy story to tell, and but it, it, it gives you... And we go back to that we were talking about before about our, our name, right? That, that, that who we are and, and, and why are we who we are. Uh, it gives you a little bit uh, of a piece as to, uh, as to, as to, you know, not only, not only your generation, but as you're saying that, you, you know, the, the, the generations that come after you, uh, you've done a lot of the legwork and your, your, your relatives have done that as well too. So hats off to you guys. Thank you. Uh, and all the best for 2024, Doug. And for you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, what's your story? What have you found out about your family? Have you, have you done any research? Have you done any uh, uh, background? I mean, I, I was joking about the, the whole idea about our name, right? Greenhalch. Uh, you ask my, uh, my brother or sister, it's Greenhalch. If you talked with my parents when they were around, it was Greenhalch. So <laughs> everybody's got, just don't call me late for dinner. Uh, the idea of, you know... We're we're on this this planet for a finite amount of time. The impact that we have, um, you know, will people remember who you are or who you were two hundred years from now? Well, Doug's talking about going back, you know, two hundred years and making those connections, and that that speaks volumes. It's uh, it's so important for us to be able to uh, to connect to our our history. Go back to our our, our first. Uh, uh, interview today, James Stewart, talking about, um, you know, the history of, of uh, prime ministers in Canada. And, and I know that he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just adamant about making sure that we understand our history. So lots to be said about that. We're, we're turning the corner into 2024. We're looking ahead. But it's always important for us to be able to look in the, uh, the rear view mirror for a little bit and, uh, and ground ourselves as well. Give us a call, 519-570-2545. 
star 570 on your cell or toll free at 1-800-570-5715. What's your story? You've got a chance to tell it. And, uh, and we'd love to hear what that story is as well, too. Uh, if we take a look at uh, the rest of the show today, coming up just after the 2 o'clock news, former CTV Kitchener Sports Director Randy Steinman is going to join us from the sunny south. And when I say that, I mean Chatham, Ontario. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be a great chat with him. At uh, 2.30 today, so lucky to be able to talk with Spider Jones. That's a name I know you know. And uh, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things with Spider as well, too. Uh, he wants to talk about his youth center that's, uh, that's up and running. Uh, the man is in his 70s, and he's still going strong, right? He's not ready to sit in his rocking chair and yell at the kids on his, on his front, you know, from his front porch. Three o'clock today, we're going to talk with uh, Stephen Rupp. He is the drummer for Something's Always Flying. That is a local band. Uh, I've heard them a number of times, and um, they're the first to tell you that, you know, they are one of dozens of local bands that, uh, that really deserve uh, your ear, right? They, and, and uh, you know, coming through what we've come through the last four years, being able to get out and, uh, and listen to some live music, I enjoy it. Maybe you do as well, too. Uh, 3.30, we're going to have our little year in review, little, little New Year's Eve, Eve, Eve party. All right. Uh, Doug, you've been patient. What's, what's on your mind? Well, uh, my, my story goes back a few hundred years. Um, my, my family name is Stuart, and the Stuarts, of course, came from um, Scotland. That's right. And when they came over the ocean... The, the, the Stuarts landed in the New England area of the United States. But then the United States had a Declaration of Independence. And the, oh, the Stuarts felt um, oh, they, they wanted to remain loyal to the king. Okay. And they, um, uh, so that whole group became known as United Empire Loyalists, and, and I, I'm one of them. Uh, then the Stuarts moved up, well, from the New England area into a New Brunswick area kind of thing, where, where my dad was born, and, uh, and then, like many young men years ago, when Dad became a young man, he got the idea it's time to leave New Brunswick and move up to Toronto and yeah. get a good job. That's right. And, 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 and so he arrived in Toronto and met Mom, and well, here, here I am. And, <laughs> and, and, yeah, so that's a that's a quick survey of what covering. Hundreds of years. You did that in about two minutes, Doug. That's uh, that's a record, I think. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call, Doug, and and all the best for twenty twenty four. Thank you. You too. All right. Enjoy uh, enjoy the next few days. Yeah. If you know your story, if you don't know your story, uh, I don't know about you, but I think you might have like access to, to maybe there's like a little thing you could hold on to that has all of the information in the world in it your cell phone and just start start the you know 
It's like uh, I, I always I, I always go back to a friend of mine, Mark, who once said to me, I, I was saying to him, oh, man, I wish I would have learned how to play guitar when I was younger. And he's like, well, you're not dead. Learn to play guitar now. And I'm like, I have no comeback for that. Strangely enough, yeah, it, it, you want to know something, go find it out. And, and you know, it's, it, if it's to no one, uh, no one else's benefit other than your own, that's awesome. Go out and find, like I said, you, you share things, you talk about them, and um, you see what, what's out there and, and, and make these connections. Uh, going back, uh, one of the things that I, and on Facebook, I managed to find a group of people that share my last name, and I joined that group. And um, they, you know, the, the, the spelling, the green H-A-L-G-H, even that has changed over the years. Uh, there, is, uh, there was a, an actress a uh, famous Canadian actress uh, with the same last name, uh, and the, her first name escapes me right now. Someone will call in and let me know. Um, I've seen it on on jerseys. There was a, a player in a high-level lacrosse uh, um, uh, league, and I, I saw his name on the back of a jersey. I thought that was cool. And I don't know what the what the term is called, but if you ever Google yourself, like Google your name and see what comes up, there is another Brock Greenhalgh. I know. There's not a lot of room in the world just for one of us. Uh, <laughs> this guy lives in Australia, and he is in charge of um, the PGA, uh, like their media relations guy. So if you ever got, you know, some time on your hands, Google yourself. See what comes up. It's okay. Spend a little bit of time wondering about who you are, all right? Uh, as we were saying, yeah, 2 o'clock, Randy Steinman is going to join us. We're going to talk about his... Uh, podcast that got uh, off the ground just about a month ago he and uh, a couple of uh, uh, chums of his and uh, looking at uh, the state of things in in sport right now uh, 230 spider Jones he's gonna he's gonna reach out which is which is just a, a bonus um, I had been hoping to get him on uh, yesterday but yesterday was pretty uh, busy but he is uh, flexible and he had some time for us today so it's going to be able to uh, great to talk with Spider Jones at 2.30. Uh, 3 o'clock, we will have a chat with uh, Stephen Rupp. He is the drummer for Something's Always Flying. Uh, just to talk a bit about uh, the current state of live music in the region, what that band has got going on, uh, what's coming up for them as well, too. And uh, we might even hear a little bit of... Uh, we got a little audio clip, and we're going to share that with you as well, too. It's, uh, it's my kind of music. Uh, hopefully it's your kind of music as well too. If not, you know, it, it, it's it's this, the variety is the spice of life, as they say. Three thirty. That's when I want you to call in again. It's we're gonna we're gonna cobble together our own year in review. Devin doesn't know this yet, but we're we're gonna put our heads together in the next two hours. Well, the next hour and a half, and just talk about what did twenty twenty three mean to you. And uh, and then we can let you go. All right, a lot of a lot of things that we still want to talk about. In the meantime, if we go back and we check out that hashtag Five to Survive campaign, uh, remember the number that we started at back yesterday. There were two thousand one hundred and eighty nine signatures. It's now at two thousand three hundred and forty two. So you can do the math. I could do it too, but I'm I'm a little busy. Uh, Check it out, 2,342, subtract 2,189. I'll leave that to you. And, and we're claiming that it, it is the, the listeners 
of the Mike Farwell Show who are making the difference in that today. Can we verify that? Probably not. And we don't want to. We're just going to keep on going with it. Um, and, and, and making a difference, right? If, if you have 30 seconds, type it into that, uh, that amazing computer you've got and, and add your name to it, all right? Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll be able to, uh, we'll, give a, we'll have a final tally when, um, right before we finish at, at, at 4 o'clock today. If you are uh, one of those, uh, those folks that take in the Kitchener Rangers games tonight, it's the Flint Firebirds in town, 7 o'clock, over at the Yard. Um, if you're not able to make it to the game, but you're close to a radio, guess what? You can tune in, and you can hear your very own Mike Farwell have a little chit-chat about the hockey game. All right? So if you've been missing him, and I know some of you have, right? We've, we've deleted the phone calls where they say, hey, when, when's Mike coming back? We don't, you know, we, we don't go with that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we're coming to the top of the hour. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, let's talk about uh, Randy Steinman and all the things that he's up to. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalch filling in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. Mike will be back behind the mic January the 2nd. In the meantime, I'm going to keep you company along with Devin, the producer, for the next two hours or so. And uh, question I have for you. What do you get when you put three sporty guys together, each with more than 40 years experience in coaching and officiating and broadcasting, put them all in together, put them in front of a microphone, put together a podcast. Well, let's ask one of them. Randy Steinman joins us today. Welcome back to the show, Randy. Hey, Brock, it is great to hear from you. Thank you very much for the invite. No problem. Listen, I I wanted to uh, to catch up with you to see what was going on and... Uh, you know this this whole idea of uh, what do you know about sports? Where did where did that come from? And and maybe you can walk us through that. <laughs> well, so my my two partners in this uh, in this crime are Lance Roberts, yes. who is uh, well known in the region, uh, uh, longtime NHL referee. Yep, he refed about uh, six hundred games in the NHL, and he still lives in Waterloo, uh, still selling real estate. And he's been a longtime friend for probably close to 30 years. And the other is Gary Jeffries, ah. who very well known in the region as well. He was a longtime uh, uh, football coach at Wilfrid Laurier, yes. won a Vanier Cup, also coached uh, basketball even before that years ago. Um, but, uh, uh, and I've known Gary pretty well for about 25 years. Wow. So, and the three of us would just, uh, we would often just sit around a table at, uh, you know, someplace like Morty's Pub in Waterloo yes. and just talk sports back in the day. This is, you know, <laughs> 20 years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And um, and Lance always said to me, we should, you know, we should really do our own radio show sometime. And, of course, uh, you know, um, I, I didn't have the heart to tell Lance that, 
you know, there weren't any radio stations in town willing to put us on the air. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we couldn't go there. No. But then, you know, with the emergence of, you know, podcasts and things like that, it, it sort of set up the perfect vehicle. So a few months ago, uh, the three of us were just, uh, you know, bantering it about and said, what would you think if we tried this? And this is, I mean, believe me, this is still very much early stages. We've only done five episodes in the last month or so. And we're just sort of getting our feet wet. But it's been fun. It's been really fun to reconnect with these guys um, who I've never really lost touch with. Right. You know, we, we never see each other because yeah, I'm living in Chatham. Yep. Uh, Lance is in Waterloo still, and, and Gary's uh, retired up to Southampton now. So um, I, I, I see them occasionally, but not very often. But, you know, we get together and, and basically just do a Zoom call once once every week, usually yeah. Tuesday mornings. And uh, we usually go about 40 minutes, and we pick about five topics, and, and we just talk. And like you said, uh, between the three of us, we've got a lot of, we've got a, years, a lot of years behind us. Oh, yeah. You know? and, um, and, and, you know, Gary really is a, is, is a longtime uh, coach at a very high level. And, and he was, like, Gary was a legitimate athlete, too. I mean, he, he played in the Detroit Tigers organization for, I think, about four years back in the 60s. Okay. Um, I don't know if he ever got higher than a single A ball, but, you know, he was legit. He was drafted by the Argos uh, back in the day. So he was a multi-sport guy. And, you know, Lance, I mean, you know, Lance was on the... Uh, uh, on NHL rinks with, you know, guys like Gretzky and Messier and, and you know, Lemieux and all those superstars for years. So he's got some stories to tell. And, you know, and then there's me, and I'm just trying to stay out of their way. So, <laughs> but, uh, you, I mean, but, you know, you, you don't take the, sh- the the spotlight off yourself too quickly, though, Randy. I mean, people around here still remember uh, uh, you and, and the impact that you had. And the thing that I, that I recall, and I think... It probably you know irked you to no end when it when it kind of went the way of the dodo bird was that yeah. you went out of the way to cover local sports, high school sports, uh, you know, uh, uh, college sports, uh, university sports here, and and there's a there's a there's a gap now, and we don't have that. And, uh, but, but, and I, I remember thinking like that when when you when you were gone that it just kind of it went with you. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it was, you know, still the most disappointing um, experience of my, probably my life, let alone my career. It was, you know, to have that all, um, you know, disappear. And, and it wasn't just the Kitchener station. It was right. all of the CTV affiliates across the country at the same time. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still not <laughs> really happy with that decision just because I know what kind of hole it left in in the local sports communities uh, in the region sports communities yeah. and um yeah that's what we and that's what we tried to do i mean i when I started there in, in nineteen eighty nine um you know we were still doing a lot of the the pro sports um on our sports casts, but then with the emergence of you know t s n yeah which was already on the air by then and and sportsnet and you know there was no point in in stations like CKCO and then CTV Kitchener. There was no point in, in our stations showing uh, New York Islander, Philadelphia Flyers highlights right. because right. you know th- those were already well covered by the, these uh, 24-hour sports networks. So, so we, we sort of changed our our focus to be you know much more local and regional, 
And you're right, um, university sports, high school sports, yeah. junior hockey, uh, just all the local, you know, club teams and athletes. And we, that was our focus. And, and, and now it's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm just disappointed that, uh, a lot of those teams just don't have voices anymore. Although with, you know, again, the emergence of the internet, yep. a lot of teams are sort of, covering themselves right, through their right. own websites so so there is that um but yeah it's it's i'm still here i am you know what gosh seven seven years almost since that day and i'm, I'm it still disappoints me well and and you know i and i know that, that there have been people that have come along i, I can think of uh, it's, uh you know 519 sports they you know they they try and and fill that niche uh, and as you said, other other podcasts that are out there that are that are looking at it, and and I think the nice thing is you and you mentioned this at the at the beginning as well too, you know if you want to put a podcast together, you don't need yourself a studio, you need a computer, you need a microphone, you need to have a couple of friends to talk about, and and you know editing it and all of those things. Uh, you know, you're you're a lifelong learner, Randy. I'm sure that it's you know you're able to to do those things, and and other people are doing that as well too. And I think, you know, we 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 bemoan the fact that that it's not being covered. So, well, we solved that problem. Yeah, I'm, and it, and I'm 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 learning. Trust me. I mean, I'm <laughs> learning how to edit these these podcasts. Uh, my, my wife is actually her, her business now is uh, very heavily involved with with the podcast world and. And she's a longtime TV person as well, working right. at the Weather Network. So, yep. uh, but she's been able to uh, help the three of us really get this thing going. And then I do the editing, and 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 I did editing back at the TV station. Mm-hmm. So that is nothing really new for me. But you know, it's it's yeah, it's still a learning pro- process. And I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's it's just so much fun to be uh, in in touch with these guys again and and we're we're texting all the time now as we (laughs) discuss you know future uh, future topics and stuff like that so it's been it's been great does the podcast help you scratch that itch i mean this was your life right and and this maybe this is just a little bit of uh you know getting back into the getting back to the game but on your own terms absolutely yeah it does i mean and we i mean we've all got opinions still you never you never lose having opinions. And so, I mean, some of the topics we have uh, just talked about uh, so far, uh, things like the uh, Shohei Otani uh, near signing, I guess, with yeah. the Blue Jays, or I don't really know if that was really that close. Right. That that one day there about three or four weeks ago where, you know, people were supposedly tracking his plane <laughs> and stuff. Um, and, and but, but stuff like that, I mean, we, we, you still get wrapped up. Yeah, in, in what's going on there, and and so then the next week after he had signed with the Dodgers, you know he was a topic, and yeah. you know I made the point. I, I think it was probably in the long run the best thing that the Blue Jays didn't sign him mm-hmm. because that would be a lot of money uh, wrapped up for ten years right. for a, for a guy who's already almost thirty. Um, and this way they've got all kinds of money to be able to spend on three, maybe four really good players over the next two, three, four years. So I think in the long run, you know, but that aside, yeah, it it just gives you an opportunity with a podcast to just, you know, talk sports. What, what do you know about sports? Like that's what, that's what the three of us are, are basically doing. And like I say, we've all got some special insight and, 
and um, you know, all three of us have have stories to share from you know the years that we did our thing, and it's been it's been I think has been pretty entertaining. We've had some good feedback. We're still not getting you know an awful lot of uh, followers or anything, but we're very new. I mean, we are so <laughs> we are so green here that uh, it's 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 going to take a while. But hey, well, we're going to get you two. Three, maybe? Three. We'll get Great. you a few more, Randy. Listen, <laughs> uh, listen. You're, you mentioned you're, you're down in Chatham now, and uh, I never get tired of talking about my hometown. Uh, the IBL, in its wisdom, decides that there should be a team in Chatham, and uh, this is the season coming up, 2024. You've got the Chatham-Kent Barnstormers. Uh, a lot of hype right now. The season ticket holders are all getting their tickets right now. They just uh, they just announced uh, tickets for that uh, the home opener. Um, are you going to follow this team? Is it going to be uh, you know are you are you watching the Maroons as well too? How how invested are you in local sports? I know I know your son keeps you busy with his sports. Yeah, he really does. And as a result, I, I don't have an awful lot of time to do as much as I'd like locally. Um, that said, I'm the uh, I'm I'm on the executive of a junior C team down here, the, the Blenheim Blades. Okay, awesome. And and they're having a good year. Uh, and I'm I'm their PA announcer. You know, imagine that. <laughs> um, so so that keeps me going from that perspective. And then yeah, my son, I'm I'm all over the place with him. Um, but as far as the barnstormers go, it's it, yeah, it's exciting. And yeah. you know, people are asking me all the time. Uh, because I spent so many years in Kitchener and, and the IBL up in there with, you know, the Panthers and Guelph Royals, Brantford Red Sox, yeah. you know, so people, but people down here really aren't too familiar with what the IBL is. And, um, and it, it it'll be fun. As yeah. they've, uh, they've signed a couple of players. They've, they've signed uh, um, their first, their first signing was a Chatham kid. He's not a kid. He's about 23 or 24. I think. Right. And his name is Spencer Marcus, and he played D one at Niagara. Okay. Um, and uh, and he's you know the, the, their first signing, and, and just a perfect choice because he's a local kid. Absolutely. Who, you know who's played at a high level, and um, uh, yeah, I mean the season opens in May. They're going to be at the Fergie Jenkins Ballpark down here, which is a, a really nice facility. It, 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 I think it seats about eleven hundred. Right, they've made some changes there. They've added some uh, some bleachers, and I know that they had to do a couple of things to to meet the requirements. And it's yeah, it's a it's a good looking spot to to watch a ball game. It it really is. It's very nice. And uh, the only thing that's going to be interesting, Brad, and I'm still curious to see how, what they do. The right field fence. <laughs> you've been there. I have. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure how that's going to work for the major IBL because I I think it's. I think it's only about 260 down the line. I, that's what I was going to say. 260, 265. Oh my gosh! This the, yeah, the, and, that's going to be people just going to their eyes are going to light up when they come to Chatham. Well, there's a and there's a field house right at the other side of that fence, so they yeah. really can't they can't move the fence back. So they're going to almost have to put some sort of uh, Fenway Green Monster out there <laughs> in right. Um, they really are. Otherwise, it's going to be it's going to be Pop Fly City going for home runs. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be you know they, they they can't do that in the IBL. But that aside, um, we've got a manager uh, Dan Norman, who has he's played in the majors. He's got about a yeah. hundred and he's got about one hundred and ninety uh, major league games uh, under his belt as an outfielder. He played with um, uh, the Mets and the Expos, and and he's legit. I mean, yeah. former 
former major league player is your is your, uh, is your manager. And and of course, you know, in this town, you've got you know Fergie Jenkins, that's right, and and Doug Melville, who are both um, uh, apparently uh, involved in, uh, sort of on a consulting basis, right, right. And you've got Bill Atkinson, who who played in the majors, that's right, for pitched for the Expos, for the Expos, yeah. Um, and I think the White Sox too. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but um, he and, and Billy still lives in town. Yeah. And is very active. He still umpires locally, and he's involved with the team uh, more hands-on um, certainly than than Fergie and Doug are. Um, but again, here's here's a guy with major league experience. Right. You've got a, and you've got a, a manager with major league experience. So you know they've got some pretty good people at the helm here, and I think it'll be exciting. I'm 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 really curious to to see how the the team does and. Yeah. And again, my my kid just keeps me uh, uh, going crazy in the summer with his baseball. He lives he he lives he he plays down in Windsor, um, and we're in the states a lot with him. But I, I'm going to get to as many uh, barnstormer games as I can because I mean the field is literally five or six minutes from my house. Perfect, so perfect. I will be there, and I uh, I'm, I'm I'm aiming to be there for the uh, the season opener, and uh, maybe we'll sit there and, and uh, watch the game together, Randy. I, I would love that. It'd be great to see you. Listen, thanks so much for giving us some of your time today. I know you're a, you're a, even though you're retired, you're a busy guy. You got some editing to do. Uh, all the best <laughs> to you and the family uh, for 2024 as well, too. Thank you, Brock. Really great to hear from you always, and uh, we'll we'll see you hopefully this summer. You got it. Thanks, Randy. Take Randy care. Steinman joined us from uh, Chatham, Ontario. And uh, do you remember the voice? Remember the guy? He was uh, he was the face of of local sports here, and. Um, we, you know, we're talking about what he's working on right now. He's got uh, lined himself up with uh, former NHL uh, referee Lance Roberts and uh, former football coach in the area for Laurier, uh, Gary Jeffries. The four of the, sorry, the three of them get together. They put their heads together uh, once a week and they've started up a podcast. What do you know about sports? And uh, check it out. Right? Imagine the, uh, a lot of experience, a lot of history there. And uh, it's, it's, it's a fun listen. I'll put it out that. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we can take some of your phone calls. What's on your mind? 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. Toll free. 1-800-570-5715. Um, yeah. What's, what are you thinking about? We've got a, a, few more, uh, a few more folks to join us today. But uh, we've got some time to take a, a couple of your calls anyway. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. And, you know, Lance, I mean, you know, Lance was on the, uh, on NHL rinks with, you know, guys like Gretzky and Messier and, and, you know, Lemieux and all those superstars for years. So he's got some stories to tell. And, you know, and then there's me and I'm just trying to stay out of their way. <laughs> Randy Steinman joining us today to talk about a new podcast that he has put together with Lance Roberts and Gary Jeffries. It's called What Do You Know About Sports? They've been at it for about a month. They've got uh, five episodes out there already. Uh, if you have a few minutes, give them a listen. There's, uh, there's some great things to, uh, to learn. And, and he talks about the fact, you know, you're, you're putting together collectively 120 years worth of sports excellence. Something like that. Uh, Terry, you've been a patient man. What's on your mind today? Hey, hi, Brock. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yeah, I couldn't help you uh, when you were 
talking to Randy Steinman. You're talking about that new uh, ball team coming into Chatham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've never been to that park, but I've seen uh, photos of it or pictures. Um, yeah, I've noticed they have that building on right field. Now, like Fenway Park in itself is only 290 feet for yeah. the plate, but they got that 90 foot wall. Now, what would they would they be able to fit a like a high fence between the where the outfield fence is currently in that building? Yeah, I think what the the, the idea would might be, you know, you're going to have one of those uh, pulley systems, and 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 they'll have to put it up that way. It's it's tucked in. Um, into it really a residential area has sort of built up all the way around it it's right at the edge of a piece of property where there's uh, the uh, the kinsman arena is there that's where the chatham maroons play uh there's uh, some other outbuildings that are there as well too but um yeah that uh, that that right porch is is pretty shallow and and it'll be interesting to see what you know what are they going to call it if it hits the fence uh, you know if it hits the mesh is it a, is it a home run uh, I don't. I don't know what all the the other the other big thing was. Uh, up until about a year ago, there was only seating I think for about three hundred people, and so they've uh, they've crafted it so that there's a lot more um, uh, bleachers uh, space that's there. So it, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me, me, uh, yeah, I am as well. I mean, I've been to Chatham many times. I just never, never checked out that location. But um, I mean, look at the, where the Jack Couch Park, where the yeah. Panthers play. It's uh, all the seating there is all temporary bleachers anyway. So yeah. except for the brief section they have behind home plate but everything else is is that those type of bleachers where i think that you know they can be added easily but uh, yeah it'd be interesting to see i'll have to for sure to go down there i know tonight or like i live in woodstock so it'll be about an hour and a half drive for me but i'll, I'll definitely go out and check one or two games this summer there for sure. well let me know okay. what you think and I'll, I'll, I'll be back in the summer and uh, we can we can talk baseball again for sure okay Brock. all right thanks so much for the call terry uh we're coming to the bottom of the hour We're going to take a quick break. We'll get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center. When we come back, Spider Jones is going to join us. What image comes to mind when I say Spider Jones? Maybe you have been lucky enough to hear him speak as a motivational speaker. Maybe you remember him from his radio days, uh, even from his boxing days. We're going to have a chat with the one, the only, Spider Jones. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalch sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. Never fear, he will return to the studio this coming Tuesday. In the meantime, uh, we'll keep you company for the next hour and 25 minutes. Myself and the effervescent Devin Robertson the man who pushes all the right buttons. Uh, when you hear the name Spider Jones, what image comes to mind? Maybe you've been lucky enough to hear him speak as a motivational speaker through his Believe to Achieve Foundation. Maybe you were able to tune in when he was a talk show host at uh, 1010 CFRB in Toronto or the Fan 590. Uh, maybe your memories go back beyond that as well, too. Maybe to when he was a boxer. Uh, that seems to be for me, and I, uh, maybe I'm dating myself there, but we won't, we won't talk about that. Uh, whatever those memories are, we thought it would be a great idea to give you an update on the man. Joining us on the line today, Spider Jones. Welcome to the show, Spider. Hey, nice to be with you, Brock. How you doing? Uh, I'm much better now that you're here. That's great. I, thanks for giving us some of your time today. I noticed on your, your LinkedIn account and these other social media platforms, you are not slowing down at all. What are you up to these days? 
Well, I'm uh, doing a lot of speaking engagements to traveling all over North America and into the Caribbean, speaking uh, uh, with young people. And uh, I run a youth center out of Toronto. All right. In the Jane area, the Spider's Web Youth Empowerment Center through my organization, Believe to Achieve. So that, yeah, you're right. I'm not slowing down. <laughs> you know, I, I, I retired from radio a few years back, but uh, uh, I, I guess speakers are in demand, and, and, and there's so much to be done to work with these young people. That, Absolutely. Uh, and, and and I know that, I mean, a good friend of yours and mine, Pam Houston, she was the one that put us in Pam contact. Houston, that's right. Um, she was uh, was really instrumental instrumental in helping me get the word out about a children's book I'd written about the, the, the Chatham All-Stars. Um, and, and she mentioned, uh, you know, she said, you got to talk to Spider about uh, the days down in Windsor and Detroit and Chatham. I know that probably seems like a long time ago, but when you think back to the, the to those days, the things that you learned when you were a young man, uh, are you still using those those lessons today? Well, I had to use some you know, <laughs> lessons. <laughs> lessons like that are invaluable because uh, uh, that's one of the reasons I got into uh, uh, working with young people because growing up, uh, I sort of, uh, you know, uh, I was one of those recalcitrant type of young men always... Uh, uh, Looking for the fast buck and hustling and mm-hmm. and in the streets and uh, but I mean there's some good times too. I mean, growing up in the De- uh, the Detroit Windsor area, it was uh, very mystical back then with the the whole uh, evolution of Motown and uh, you know Marvin Gaye and uh, the Supremes and of course uh, Stevie Wonder and all the great the Spinners, the Temptations, all the great groups back then. It was. Uh, it was a great time, you know, roller right. skating and uh, all kinds of things like that. Things that the, the kids don't do today anymore. No. You know, so that's one of the reasons I opened the uh, Spider's Web Youth Empowerment Center is we want a safe haven for these young people where they can uh, uh, learn life skills. And we have a homework club, a computer club. We have a music program. We go on field trips and uh, do things that... Uh, uh, I never had an opportunity to do as a young person. So, and 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 thanks to you for doing that because I know. I mean, one of the the people that that, that I've talked to have said one of the great gifts from Spider is his ability to inspire other people, and and I and I I truly believe that. You've been speaking with young people for for decades. Is there one time in particular that stands out in your mind, Spider, where you knew that you had made a connection with that that young individual? Yeah, when I was working for the uh, Iron 590, way back in the day, I had a great crew with me. I had, and there was George Strombolopoulos was my producer. Yes. My assistant producer was uh, Elliot, I, I, I should say, uh, I was uh, uh, Jeff Merrick. I had Elliot Friedman, Barry Davis on my show, and we had a lot of great times. And, and I'd like to think I helped mentor some of those guys because I, I was older than them, but... I got a call one day from a teacher at Central Tech, and he wanted me to come out and speak to some of the kids. And uh, uh, I thought, you know, what am I going to tell them? He said, share your story with them. They need to hear both sides of it. Right. And so I went out, and uh, it clicked right away, and I began to understand that, hey, there's, there, there's something I can do. 
these young people. I have this neck, uh, this God-given talent to be able to inspire young people, to communicate with them and through stories and uh, things like that. And right. uh, it just, that's how it started. It was about 93, and it just, uh, after I got finished that, I got a call from that teacher a couple weeks later and asked me if I would give my number out to someone else. Mm. Uh, another uh, a school principal or guidance counselor or something. And the next thing I knew, my calls were just coming in and coming in. And then <laughs> before you know it, I was the ambassador to skill trades, uh, <laughs> the government. Uh, and uh, it, my, my, uh, it just picked up, and it's been very successful. And uh, I wrote a book on it uh, called Out of the Darkness, which okay. was a number one seller. And, uh, you know, things just picked up. Uh, uh, but I guess it was about 93 that I discovered, hey, you know, there's more to life than radio. Right, right. And uh, that's how it happened. But radio was my dream, uh, and it was something that I I wanted from the time I was 10 years old because I went to bed at night listening to radio. My my parents left the radio playing all night, so I was exposed to all these different disc jockeys back then, Wolfman Jack (laughs) and Alan Free and all the big names. And I wanted to be just like them. Well, and 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 you you set your mind to it though, and and you made that you made that happen. The other thing that I that I I noticed too is that you know over the last ten fifteen years, and and we're all the same. In order to stay current, and all of those other things as well too, um, you need to be using social media. You need to be on Facebook and on Instagram and on all of those kinds of things. Is that, is that, do you look after that? Have you got someone else that's helping you with that right now? How do you stay current with all no, of the, I do those that things? Myself. That's that good. I, I, hats off to you, Spider, because that's a, that's a, that's a full time job. <laughs> it, it is, uh, but uh, I, it, look, a couple of things. I enjoy it, uh, staying in touch uh, like that. And, and, and number two, it brings in business people. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you when you've got a brand, you've got to constantly be be uh, pushing it, and and that's what I do, and, and it works for me. I just love the uh, uh, going out and speaking in the schools, and uh, I go into a lot of the correctional institutions all across the country, and and that's what back that date dates back as far as Kingston and right. and and Mill Haven and Warwick, Warkworth and uh, Bath, and it just goes on and. And on and on, but uh, it's something that uh, I just, you know, you just feel right doing. Well, and, and you're meeting those kids where they're at. They're the ones that've got their cell phones, you know, attached to their hand or you know, attached to their hip. Or and and if if you need to find a way to to get to them, sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta use the social media just the just the way that the kids do it. And and as I said, hats off to you for doing that. We're coming up on on 2024. What what you know what's what's next for Spider Jones? Well, I've just finished a book called The Predator Within. All right. Uh, and uh, The Predator Within is uh, talks about the, the, the psychological predator that attacks us and, and, and keeps us from uh, reaching our full potential. So that's that's coming out uh, in the, uh, I would say, next, next year, early next year. And then I've got my podcast, which is called Legends and Heroes. And I, I talk to people in the community people that are doing good things in their community. You don't have to be a a, 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 a legend to be a hero, you know. So yeah, yeah. my podcast is doing fairly well. And, uh, uh, you know, that's what I'm doing. And I'm still I'm really engaged in the schools. The schools working with young people. 
And and the you know your experience, your expertise, the, the you know the the life lessons that that you've learned, um, you know, and, and you've talked about this in the past as well too. If, if there's if, you know not all the lessons we learn are, are positive ones, and if we can pass those those lessons on, we might uh, we might save someone a little bit of uh, a little bit of heartache or maybe going down the wrong path. Well, that's one of the things. I that's why we call our organization. Believe to achieve, and you can reach me at believe to. Uh, you can reach me at spiderjones dot com. But uh, uh, you, you know, believe to achieve, and I, we truly mean that. Before you can achieve, you got to believe in yourself. Right. And so many young people today do not believe in themselves, and they have to be willing to believe in themselves, be willing to sacrifice, and this is how you make bring dreams into reality. Spider, again, thank you so much for, for, first of all, for giving us some of your time today. Even at uh, the ripe old age of, uh, what are you now, 39, you are still, you're still going all the time, and uh, you managed to give us some of your time today, and and it's been great chatting with you, and and I, I look forward to doing it again. It is a pleasure. I just want to be shout out to Sally Green, who is uh, Pam's mother. She's uh, in the hospital, not doing well, but fighting the good fight. And we just want to send our love to her. And and, and thanks so much for having me on, Brock. Thank you, Spider, and, and hugs to Pam and and, uh, and and her mom as well, too. And uh, all the best for 2024. Thank you. Back at you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye-bye. Spider Jones, great Canadian human being. If you've never heard him, speak um just uh, a, a great motivator and thanks to pam for for making that uh, that connection uh she's got a lot on her on her plate right now but this is uh, this is what we what we want to do right we want to get the word out there and 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 share these stories with you as well too we'll take a quick break when we come back give us a call 519-570-2545 star 570 on your cell toll free 1-800- 570-5715. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. I thought, you know, what am I going to tell them? So share your story with them. They need to hear both sides of it. And so I went out and clicked right away, and I began to understand that, hey, there's something I can do for these young people. I have this knack, this God-given talent to be able to inspire young people, to communicate with them and through stories and uh, things like that. That legendary voice belongs to none other than Spider Jones. Uh, great to have a chat with him. You know, he, he, he's still going strong at uh, 39 plus and uh, still has a lot of stories to tell. And, and you, can, you can hear it in his voice. He believes in, in, in reaching out to those young people and it, it making, it, making a difference. So... Good on us for, for being able to get in touch with Spider today and uh, talking about, you know, all the stuff that he's got going on for the new year. He's got a book that's going to be coming out. He's got his podcast as well, too. He's not slowing down, right? He's not, he's not sitting in his rocking chair on the front porch yelling at kids to get off his lawn. He could if he wants to. Man, you know, he deserves a, a, a chance to slow down, but oh, no. He's going to keep on going, and, and hats off to him for doing that. Uh, we're coming up to uh, the, the last hour of the show. What, how that's going to unfold looks like this. Just after the 3 o'clock news, I'm going to talk with the drummer, the bus driver, the, the man who makes it happen for Something's Always Flying. His name is Stephen Rupp, and uh, I've known him 
for going back uh, almost five years now. Great story, great connection that we made there. And uh, he is going to be talking to us about live music in the region. What does it mean to him? How it's so important? How you can how you can get out there and um, take part? Right? There's lots of great venues, and and you just got to be paying attention. It, it's that you know we're all coming through the last four years where we you know we, I was talking about this earlier today, right? That idea of a, a feeling of a lack of control, uh, fear. All of those pieces um, where an illness takes uh, takes center stage and takes precedent, and we all have to find a way to work around that um, and and you know but but if you look at, at at life before the pandemic and life now, a lot of the same things that you enjoyed doing back then you can do it again, right as we were saying with um, with Stuart Reynolds yesterday, right brill star you don't have to be angry about everything. You don't have to comment on everything you see on your social media platforms, right? And, and I need to follow my own advice. Don't read the comments. If you're waiting for someone to pat you on the back, you might be waiting a while. You could probably reach yourself. Right now, take your hand, and I'm doing it. Pat yourself on the back, right? Nobody else needs to tell you that. Uh, words to live by that are harder to do than, you know, it's easy to say. Um, as I say, sometimes, you know, other people's opinion of me are none of my business. Don't make them my business because when you do, then that's the other issue, right? What do I know? Right. This is, this is like dad. I'm just, I'm just giving my, you know, my dad isms. I can picture my two boys rolling their eyes right now. Um, it's great having them both home and, uh, with, with, you know, their friends that are dropping by and staying over for, for days with us as well, too. Um, hopefully you are surrounded by family and friends this, uh, this holiday season. And uh, it's it just, that's the best gift, right? I remember as a kid, I would always ask my dad, what do you want for Christmas, dad? And he used to say, a blue shirt, which was his way of saying, I really don't want anything. To him, and and, and I, I'm you know I am my 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 father's son, if you want to put it that way. Um, being able to to sit there and experience all of those other pieces, and uh, and just to 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 watch things unfold. Right when I was a kid, I was the baby. I've talked about that already. The idea that uh, um, you know me me me. Hopefully, I've changed a little bit. The holidays for me is is more about. Yeah, watching other people unpack those those gifts and, and having those experiences. And hopefully you're having uh, those positive experiences right now. Uh, the last half hour of the day from 3.30 until 4 o'clock. We're calling it Year in Review Call-In Show. If nothing else, it's going to be myself and Devin talking about the year that was and the year that wasn't. And we would love to hear from you as well, too. So... You can be a part of you can be a part of uh, radio history. The last episode of the Mike Farwell Show for 2023 is happening right now, and you're a part of it. Always happy to hear from you. 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell. Toll free as well, 
570-5715. Give us a call. We've got a few minutes before we get to the top of the hour. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted to, uh, to, to touch base on again. Um, maybe you're headed over to the Rangers game tonight. Okay, Hats off to you if you're going to the Rangers game. And uh, they've, got, they've got two games left before the, the calendar turns. And then the next thing you know, uh, January 1st, they're at it again, right? Get, uh, get out there. Uh, as, our, as our friend Dave Cotney was saying, get out there and see some junior, junior B hockey, some junior C hockey, some, some lacrosse. Um, there is so much that you can take part in in, uh, in, your, in your, your area, right? You don't have to go into the big city and spend you know, the big bucks on, on the Raptors. You can, you can go watch the KW Titans. We know that they've got their, their uh, season opener on Saturday as well, too. Man, oh, man. There's just so much to do. And, uh, you know, as my one friend says, I haven't been bored since I was 17. There's no reason to be bored. So make sure that you, uh, you take advantage of all those things. If you're, whatever your New Year's resolutions are, we want to hear those as well, too. My New Year's resolution last year, if I remember correctly, was to be less critical and more questioning. Because I... I I know that I can be critical. And instead of saying, you know, why did you do it that way? Uh, more questioning. Like, hmm, why did you do it that way? I think it's the exact same question. Uh, but uh, maybe just a little a little different uh, twinge in the voice. Uh, anyway, have you got New Year's resolutions? Do you believe in those things? What's your big plan for, for New Year's? Um, I'm telling you, I will not make it to midnight. On on uh, on the on the tw- on the 31st rather, I might be out tomorrow night though. Going to check out something's always flying. Uh, got some big plans anyway. Give us a call. This is your last chance before before 2024 to tell us what's on your mind. And uh, you know we haven't had rant or rave. We haven't all those things. And and Terry knows. Terry knows we're live. Fern knows we're live. We've had a few other phone calls. You know Doug and Doug called earlier. They know we're live. There's, there's still a lot of friends I haven't heard from that. Uh, you're letting me down. Just going to say it. Uh, 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. Toll free 1-800-570-5715. I, I don't want to get to the point where we have to do a trivia contest, but I'm willing to, I'm willing to pull out all the stops. And uh, last time we did a trivia contest, I believe it was for a glass of cold water. We can do that again. I'm happy to happy to oblige, and uh, and we can do that, and, and and we'll we'll make it worth your while. All right. We are approaching the top of the hour. We will take a quick break right now and get an update from the City News News Center. When we come back, three o'clock on the dot. Well, a couple of minutes after, Stephen Rupp joins us, the drummer of Something's Always Flying. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener.
That, my friends, is a little taste of a local band called Something's Always Flying. I've been a fan for the last five years or so. My wife and I were lucky enough to have that band play at our 50th birthday. Uh, Then COVID hit, and Something's Always Flying took a bit of a tailspin, like most other bands. They rallied, they went out, they got themselves pointing their nose north again, got it back up into the sky, got themselves a new lead singer who is amazing, and uh, they play the songs that people love to dance to, or at least people my age love to dance to. Stephen Rupp is the drummer, the, the bus driver for Something's Always Flying, and he joins us today. Steve, thanks so much for giving us some of your time today. Oh, Brock, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Wow, that sounds really good on the radio, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, actually, I was listening to it as it came across, and I was uh, uh, listening to it last night as we put it, kind of put it together, and uh, I can't believe where we've come in, in a very short time. Yeah, and I know that you've been at this for some time, and you've been playing locally with, with different artists uh, over the years at different points. Uh, is there something in your mind that's special about this region when it comes to, to live music? Um, I do. The, uh, the, the Waterloo region has a very vibrant um, uh, music culture, as you well know. I mean, there's lots of bands that have come out of this region and, and southern Ontario that have, have gone to places. But uh, Waterloo region just seems to, uh, um, to be, the, be the hub for, uh, for, for good music. And, and I, I'm glad to be a part of it, like seriously. And, 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 you know, there's, there's so many great venues that, uh, you know, you can, you can go to the odd. You can see a band with 3,000 people along for the ride. You can, you can go to the center of the square and, and catch something with 1,000 people. You can go to a, a, a you know, a, a pub on the street uh, and, and uh, there's a band playing in the corner. There's, there are so many different opportunities. And, uh, and, and like you said, you're, you're, you're happy to be a part of that. Um, you've got a show tomorrow at the Edelweiss Tavern. You've played there before. What, what do you like about that spot? <laughs> uh, I, love, I love the way we get treated like royalty there. <laughs> the, uh, the staff is, is phenomenal. I really love the crowds we get there, too. It's never been a... I don't think we've ever had a boring moment in the place. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a really good venue. We're playing there not just tomorrow, but we're also... Uh, back in February for my 60th birthday party as well, where we're going to be in the big room on the big stage. Uh, we're going to have some other local talent with us. Uh, Give me the goods, uh, very good friends of ours, and we're also going to have uh, Guitar and Feather 2.0 closing out the shows as well. And and I do you, I was going to touch base on that, and and uh, uh, and you, you beat me to it. You know, you're you're the kind of guy who uh, you're the first one to talk about the fact that there are. Those other artists out there that that deserve that that light to be shone on them as well, and 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 I appreciate the fact your you know your your birthday is coming up. You've invited these two other bands to uh, to come along for the ride. Um, is that a is that a happy birthday present to you? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> they, uh, 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 Mark Mark has been a Mark is the uh, bus driver for Give Me the Goods, and he's been a friend of mine for a very very long time. Um, and uh, they, they've, they've. He used to play in our band. Um, their singer used to sing with. Uh, used to play bass in our band. So uh, we've had some very close 
relationships with that particular band. Um, and and I, I just, I love the energy that Guitar and Feathered brings. They are one of the funnest, uh, funnest, I don't even know if that's a word. It is now. Um, they, they, are, they are one of the most entertaining uh, local bands that I've seen in a very, very long time come from this region. And they're going to close the show out, so that should be fun. I, I, I wanted to mention that uh, Dave Schill and, and Lauren Miller from uh, the Idlewise are dedicated to supporting live music in this region. And um, all you have to do is go to the Idlewise, check them out on Go to the Edelweiss website or check them out on Facebook, and you can see the amount of bands that they've had come in. Oh, for sure. Just this year alone has been crazy. Yeah, every time we drive by, that marquee has changed, and uh, it's nice to see your name up there uh, You know, every now and then, and, and I know that that, uh, that means a trip uh, over to see you guys. You know, that it blew my mind the first time I saw her name up in that marquee. <laughs> We've talked about this before too, Steve. This is not, you're not in this to make a million bucks. You're, you're happy to cover your gas costs, but I've seen you sitting at the back of that stage behind your kit and you, you look like a kid in the candy store. You are right where you need to be. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a uh, passion for a very, very long time. Um, and now that I'm getting a little older, it's, uh, um, much more of a passion than it that it is you know being the best at what i do so um i'm happy to be in a band that likes to carry me <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say that Stephen. i wouldn't say that at all and 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 i i you know i've been to enough shows to know when and it when you you know how to work the crowd that band knows how they're tight they, you know, they, they know the, the roles that they're going to be playing. They, they share the, the, the spotlight. Um, what, what's, the, what's the cohesiveness for that band? Um, well, like you said, we've been doing this a long time. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the amount of time that we spend together um, is not as much as I would think other bands would do, but yet... Uh, we've all become very, very good friends. The two, uh, the two newest members of the band, Leah uh, Friday and uh, and uh, Dan, and I've, his last name because I'm on the radio escapes me. <laughs> That's uh, all right. He won't hold you, hold it against they, you. They've they've really come uh, a long way, and they've been you know they've they've injected themselves into the band in a big way. Um, the rest of our band, uh, Rusty, Jeff, and Jack, are all. Uh, Seasoned traveling guys, um, they've they've done it for a long time, and they, and it shows. And um, we take trips, like we take trips up to the up to Port Elgin and Southampton, and we all stay together, and we all kind of get get ourselves together for the weekend. We like to do uh, things like that just to kind of keep the camaraderie going. And uh, uh, there is no um, there's no bad blood let's say if yeah. you're in practice and somebody does something that we want to kind of touch on, there's never a, a mean word or anything like that going around. So it, it helps that we're all friends. And well, and, and that, that comes through in your, in your, in your show as well too. And, and for all of you, this is, this is passion, right? You've got your, you've got your day job you, you slug away at, but you find the time in your day and, and you know, sometimes it's early morning, sometimes it's late, late at night or on weekends and when other things are going on, but you manage to take the time and, uh, and we all reap the benefits. I mean, it would be one thing if you were just playing in your garage, but, uh, you get to play and, and we all get to, to tap our toes and, and dance along and, and, and thank you so much for doing that. You know, um, a lot of people think that you make 
a lot of money at this. <laughs> you know is, the truth. That is simply not true. Yeah. Um, and I, Dan Leibster, who is our, our keyboardist, he literally transports his keys, my drums, and assorted other stuff that needs to go. And it's a lot of stuff. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time packing that thing. He puts in extra time, as do I. Every person in this band, uh, they have something to do after we're on stage. Right. And, uh, and no matter how much time you spend playing, you spend 10 times that doing other stuff uh, that gets you up there to play and play well. So, um, yeah, my guys work really hard. And, and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow. I'm looking forward to February as well, too. My, I, and this is a question. We talked a bit about this before, maybe a couple of months ago. Swag. There's going to be some swag sometime soon for something's always flying. What's happening? <laughs> uh, over the winter, we're going to work on some stuff. I have some, some new stuff that just got to me the other day. Uh, I will give you one uh, oh. when, when, when you get to the Idolize tomorrow. Is it, is it pink? <laughs> <laughs> that's a little little inside joke there folks inside joke yeah no it's not it's not pink it's black and white uh just like our logo and uh yeah if people want to check uh check us out uh something's always flying on facebook and on instagram and uh something's always flying.ca as well uh for for our website and and you are uh you're willing to do weddings you're willing to do birthdays you're willing to do all of those things and uh uh, they're, they're, you know, people are happy to, to have you come along. And, and for us, it was perfect. It was exactly what we were looking for. Um, and, and are you booking up quickly into the spring and in the summer? Yeah, we've got uh, quite a few uh, bookings. Never in our history have we booked so many gigs so far in advance. We're, uh, it's like they, they hear us play. Yeah. We played for Williamsburg, uh, the Williamsburg group. They, they hired us the next day. Wow. We played for Habitat for Humanity. We're going to be doing their uh, their big uh, host party again in in October. Um, Port Elgin, we're back up for the third time for Canada Day weekend. Lovely, lovely. It's it's just wonderful things that are happening, and um, and yeah, my my band is probably listening right now, going weddings. We don't do weddings. Uh, you, know? <laughs> you just might, man. You never well, know. The thing the thing about. Uh, People thinking you're a jukebox, and we're just we're just not. We're a very well practiced yes. uh, team, and you don't you don't get that with people asking for um, for requests and things like that. So <laughs> we try to stay away from weddings if we can. Good to know, but I, you know they 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 will come through for you. I'm not going to put it out that uh, yeah. You know there. This is this is. Uh, this is, you know, as I said, hats off to you guys. Uh, listen, thanks. Steve, I, I thanks so much for your time today. All the best tomorrow. And uh, listeners, if, you, if you've if you got some time in your calendar tomorrow night, make your way down. I don't know how many tables are left. I was smart. Yeah. A, a little birdie named Steve told me I should book a table. So uh, yeah. I did that. And, uh, no, all the best to you and and all the best for 2024 as well, too. Uh, thanks, Brock. I appreciate it. I I really appreciate you promoting us and other live acts around the uh, around the region. And I know we talked about this before. We will get you in touch with some very good people to put on the radio uh, over the summer. Love it. Thanks so much, Steve. Take care. Thanks, Brock. Have a good day and uh, happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. That was Steve Rupp. He is the drummer for Something's Always Flying, that uh, local band. And uh, if you if you have not heard them play. Do yourself a favor 
and uh, and get out and see them. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we can take some of your phone calls. Uh, what's on your mind? 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell, or toll-free 1-800-570-5715. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show here on City News Kitchener. We all stay together and we all kind of get, get ourselves together for the weekend. We like to do things like that just to kind of keep the camaraderie going. And uh, there's no bad blood, let's say, in practice and somebody does something that we want to kind of touch on. There's never a mean word or anything like that going around. So it, it helps that we're all friends. Steve Rupp, the drummer for Something's Always Flying. They're going to be playing at the Edelweiss uh, tomorrow night. Check them out. And if you can't get a chance to see them then, they're going to be back there in February. Check out their website as well, too. And uh, you can you can follow along on Facebook as well, too. Something's always flying. Check it out. And uh, if you are a fan of live music, you will be impressed. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for uh, Mike Farwell. Mike will be back here on Tuesday. We know he's a busy fellow. He's got three Kitchen Rangers games to call over the next four days. And uh, this is, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I came in yesterday and uh, we, we really enjoyed uh, talking with everybody yesterday. Same again today. Had some great chats with people. And uh, I, I hope you've been along for the ride. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And uh, as I said, what we're going to do is in the last half hour, we're going to have a segment uh, we've just come up with the title "Year in Review," right? It's uh, we'll, we'll we'll trademark it, and we just want to talk talk about what did twenty twenty three? What did it look like? I mean, there's highs, there's lows. We know all that sort of stuff, but we want to hear from you. I think we might have a little bit of a of a lead into it right now, Charlie. What uh, what's on your mind today? Hi, Brock. Uh, nice nice uh, hearing from you. Especially, I, I was listening to you yesterday too about the terrible fires and floods in British Columbia. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that. So I think one of the biggest stories this year is the carbon tax debate, Brock. Oh, yeah, and that, 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 that keeps coming up on all the lists. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Trudeau's liberals insist the carbon tax is needed to fight climate change and floods and storms and fires. They say we have to have that. Now, I say, Brock, yesterday, like you talked about the terrible flooding and fires in British Columbia right there, some would say of biblical proportions, Brock. So I have to ask the question. Since British Columbia has had a carbon tax since 2008, wouldn't one expect things to be getting a little bit better, not worse? That's a great question, right? Fifteen years on, you'd think things are starting to turn around, but that's not the case. Cologne in the summertime, and we were paying a dollar eighty-three for gas. Everything's so expensive. They're just oh, actually, I think the, the carbon tax is just making you poorer. But with the way they're trying to sell it, you would expect things to be getting better. Not happening. Not happening. That's right. Well, hopefully, better things on the horizon for twenty twenty-four, Charlie. And uh, thanks so much for the call. And and you know, he makes a great point, right? That. Carbon tax, you know, we could we can talk about that until the cows come home as well, too. We know that's a hot-button topic. Uh, what else is on your mind, right? There's, a, there's so many things that, uh, you know, we were talking earlier today with, uh, with James Stewart about, uh, you know, he, he writes about the Prime Ministers of Canada. 
and we talked about here here we have Justin Trudeau who's been in the role for almost a decade now um not the same guy he was when he came to power and uh and and, and they say you know power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely i read that somewhere the idea is when you get into a role like that no matter your your political leanings um is it the same right does the same thing happen over and over and over again uh i was listening uh, to a podcast that uh, james had been a part of and he was they were asking the question about um how do different governments uh handle the history of the country and he talked about how uh, under stephen harper there was this sort of uh, rejuvenation of Understanding one's uh, one's history, uh, what's gone on uh, on a national level and and local and provincial level as well too. And his his uh, lament was that under the Liberals, uh, our history, what we're what we what we share and what we sort of uh, you know throw our throw our time behind and the things that we we recognize and remember uh, has in some ways fallen by the wayside now these are this is uh, this is James's uh, view on things when it comes to how uh, different political groups handle that piece right it's important for us to to keep that in mind as well too we talked earlier today about that idea of um, you know how do you celebrate your own history how much of your own history do you know uh, your name right all of these connections you, you would think that when we put together a show there's some sort of common thread through the whole thing sometimes it's a little more obvious but it's uh, it's it's been a lot of fun uh, yesterday, you know, we got to talk with uh, with some folks that uh, I hadn't heard from in a while. Happened again today. Thanks to uh, to the, the folks here for for giving me a little bit of uh, a little bit of leeway when it comes to uh, who I'm going to talk with. The discussion item always is between Christmas and New Year. Well, there are millions of things you can always talk about. Uh, a lot of people are on holidays, and it's not easy to track them down. Not easy to get their uh, get them to respond to emails. So uh, we started the legwork. We got things rolling. Uh, start to send out some emails. Start to put out your feelers through social media. And lo and behold, we're able to put together a show. And thank you to everybody who made that happen. Um, I'm just the talking head that asks the questions and you know says things. It uh, it's you, the listener. If you're not there, there's no reason for us to be talking. Uh, but we're going to keep talking, even if you don't call in, even if you think the show is uh, is recorded. Again, timestamp. We did one of these earlier. Timestamp right now. Uh, I got three uh, twenty seven and thirty five seconds p.m. Friday afternoon. We're live, so give us a call. What's on your mind? How are you going to wrap up twenty twenty three? I think back to a year ago, uh, if memory serves correctly, we were trying to figure out a way to honor the year, find something that both Josh Gorey and Devin Robertson could get behind, and it seems to me there was a brisket involved, maybe? Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm a little hazy on the, on the details, but we are going to have a half an hour, and it's going to be the best half hour of your day. Uh, we're coming to the bottom of the hour. We'll take a quick break. We'll get an update from the City News Kitchener News Center when we come back the year that was or wasn't. You're listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener.
Brock Greenhalch sitting in for Mike Farwell. We've come to the final half hour of the show. And as promised, we're going to wrap things up with a little year in review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. This is your chance. You've got your soapbox. You can climb on board the soapbox. This is your chance to rant, to rave, to, to send us off smiling in this last, uh, this last gasp at, the, at the, uh, the end of the year. 519-570-2545, star 570 on your cell. You can also call us toll-free 1-800-570-5715. And uh, let us know what's on your mind. How are how do you remember 2023? And uh, what does it mean to you? Are, are, do you make New Year's resolutions? Do you believe in those such things? Um, right? If we, we we can we can take a look back and uh, uh, figure out this was this was uh, the year that was right, the year that. Uh, and some people say it was the year that Canada went up in smoke. Do you remember that? Back in the summer, historic wildfires, and and we're choking on the smoke here. I remember driving through Toronto and thinking, wow, it's really smoggy today in Toronto, uh, more so than, uh, than normal. Um, yeah, back in the spring, and it went all the way through till October. We had wildfires in 11 out of the 13 provinces plus territories, um, they burned an area altogether larger than the size of the island of Newfoundland. Is that what you remember? Um, right? What are some of the other things? Maybe Do you remember not being able to get your news anymore? On, on certain social media platforms, I keep, I keep catching myself. I'll go to post something, and it'll come up and say, you can't do this. Really? Come on now. Bill C-18, uh, thanks a lot, right? Um, you know, it, it wasn't all good. We had a lot of, uh, we had a lot of backlash, and, in, 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 uh, you know, there were rallies out there on either side of, of uh, political leanings. Um, a lot of a lot of people yelling at each other, not a lot of people listening to each other, and uh, that I think is is the is the the crux of it all. Us versus them that hasn't gone away anywhere. That came to us. Um, I'm going to say in the last five years, maybe more than that. I don't want to equate it to anything in in particular, but maybe the election of a certain person south of the border. Right? Where are we at right now? Can you have a conversation with somebody else? Is it okay to have a different opinion than someone else? Um, a, a lot of arguments and, 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 and quite heated ones as well, too, that don't, uh, that doesn't solve anything, right? Sit down, listen to each other, maybe find some commonality. Um, but what do I know? Right, um, the hashtag "Search the Landfill" got national attention, and not in a good way. Right, uh, lives of three missing Indigenous women garnered national attention. 
became an issue in uh, in the 2023 Manitoba provincial election, right? These women were suspected victims of a serial killer. And despite calls to have the Winnipeg landfill searched for the bodies, yeah, that didn't happen. So along comes Wab Canoe, becomes the premier of Winnipeg, or of, of Manitoba, rather. And uh, the, uh, Canada's first, uh, first First Nations premier, and he promised that he would explore the options to have that landfill searched. So that's something that we can, we can look back on. We know uh, Israel, Hamas, the conflict that uh, is quickly becoming a, a global tragedy, and that's just since October the 7th. Yeah, this is uh, trying to find some good news here. I'm, I'm, I'm really having to, to scroll to find the good news. Maybe you've got some good news. What was, what's the good news from 2023? What are, you, what are you hoping for for 2024? This is your chance. This is your chance to, to shine, to, uh, to tell the world. All right? Um, Devin, I'm going to put you on the spot because I haven't really done enough of that this past two days. <laughs> What uh, what are your what are the highlights of twenty twenty three for you? I, I and I and I not to put the you know I don't want to put the all the pressure on you, but uh, I know I, what I do when I a lot of times I'll sit and look through my phone and look at the photos I've taken since the beginning of the year and go, oh yeah, we did that. Highlights for you twenty twenty three. What do you got? Uh, I actually I went down to rally this year for a lovely card game tournament. Nice. That was a lovely bit of a change of pace for me. Uh, incredibly nerdy, but hey, I had a blast. What? And if you don't mind me asking, what what card game? Uh, that one was Yu Gi Oh. Okay, awesome. And it's a uh, it's a bit of an insane card game. It's a bit of a <laughs> long drawn out combos, kind of just individual yeah. more than two player uh, <laughs> at times. But uh, when you're doing those long drawn out combos, you're having a great time. Absolutely, Solitaire is a fun game for people. Sometimes Yu-Gi-Oh's <laughs> like solitaire, which means that it's got to be a great game for some people. So, well, and 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 to each his own, and and nerdy nerdiness or not, man, this is this is the thing. Are you uh, are you a Magic the Gathering player as well? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that that was a story from 2023 as well. Young fellow over in Whitby who opens up a package when uh, they they had done the run of the Lord of the Rings uh, set. Yep, the one ring. The one ring. And then along comes Post Malone and buys it off this guy for $2 million. <laughs> what? Yeah, the pack sold for what, four bucks? Yeah, yeah. And there's one in there. So if you're if you if you think back, if if you're of an age like me, that would be like opening up a pack in uh, 1979, and you got yourself a Gretzky rookie card. And if you're not a dummy like me, and you put it between the spokes on your bike to make it go flap, 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 <laughs> and you think this might be worth something someday, tuck it away. Uh, that's this this guy finds this this the one ring card. If you're familiar with the Lord of the Rings. One ring to 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 bind them all, whatever the line is. They only printed one card, and it was in a package. This guy in Whitby, just the other side of Toronto, op- goes to a store just like anybody else, opens it up. OMG, I yep. think I've got the card, right? Like <laughs> Willy Wonka trying to get a, a, a golden ticket, uh, except this one was worth $2 bucks. 
I'm very jealous. <laughs> uh, so, so Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, Magic the Gathering, what other card games do you like to play? Uh, the other two that I've experienced playing are Pokemon and Digimon. Okay. Which, I mean, a massive dork here. No, and, and the, for, for me, I guess the thing is, is, is it, and, and just to, you know, kind of in layman terms and all that sort of, that, that sort of stuff, yep. can it be an expensive hobby? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The the kids call it a cardboard crack. Cardboard because crack. it's addictive yes. and at the highest levels. If you're paying for the fanciest cards <laughs> and the rarest, this, that, and the next, uh, thousands, <laughs> thousands of dollars. And 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 I'm I'm sure there's no end to it, right? You get no. you're like, okay, yeah, I got myself uh, this uh, Charizard. And uh, he's ready to rock and roll. But, oh, look at this one. And this one's got this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they come up with the one ring. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, and, and then you got to buy the pack. You never know unless you, so smart. Very smart when it comes to those kinds of things. Uh, give us a call, folks. What's, uh, what's on your mind? 2023, um, what, what did it mean to you? 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. Toll free. one 800 570-5715. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm sure there's going to be some phone calls. You're listening to the Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener. Brock Greenhalgh sitting in for the vacationing Mike Farwell. We've got ourselves 12 minutes before we wrap things up. And uh, I'm a little hesitant to take this next phone call. I don't know if the name is is correct or not, but Todd, you've been patiently waiting. Todd, what's on your mind today? Well, I just thought I'd give you a call, Brock, and uh, wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from uh, from Napanee, Ontario. I appreciate it, Todd. Thanks so much. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and Sarah and the kids, and uh, we uh, will need to make sure that we get together sooner rather than later. That would be fantastic. All right. And what's what's your plan? What do you got on for New Year's? Uh, absolutely nothing. Good. That's what I like. To, maybe, maybe we'll have a little zoom chat on, uh, on the 31st. That sounds fantastic. All right. Will you take, take it easy, put your feet up cause you're way too busy the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, we are busy. Yes, but, uh, it's all, all, all good. All right, man. Thanks so much for the call. Have a great day. You too. You too. That is one of my oldest and dearest friends. Todd Collard calling all the way from Napanee, Ontario. And uh, just just tuning in on, on his smart speaker, which you can do because it's a live show and you can call in and, and talk with us as well, too. Thanks, Todd. Thanks, Sarah. I know you're probably in the background there and uh, just trying to help a brother out. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, taking a look at, uh, at the next little while. Lots on the go. Locally, we've got uh, City Hall, you know, in Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge. Lots of activities going on for New Year's Eve. Make sure that you uh, you take advantage of those things. If you are a live music fan, um, like I said, Something's Always Flying is going to be playing tomorrow night. The Edelweiss, check them out as well, too. And uh, give them, a, give them a, a listen to, right? It's been a great show. It's been a great uh, two days. Uh, a little update. I keep clicking on my little uh, survey. And, uh, oh, we're up again. I'm going to do the math this time. 
2,356 minus 2,189. I'm going to have to use my calculator over here. Uh, this is you helping to, to get your voice heard and, and helping to generate some buzz around the hashtag 5 to survive. The idea is that uh, Community Living Ontario is asking Ontarians to help them get the ear of the Premier and the fine folks at Queen's Park asking for just a 5% boost to funding. It's not hashtag 5 to thrive. They're far from it. 5 to survive. Since yesterday, uh, there's been an increase of 167 people signing up and Devin and I decided earlier today that that you, the listeners, can take uh, ownership of that. This is on you. We are just two people. We did our part. We can't, we can't uh, enter it 165 other times, even if we had those emails. That's, we got other things to do with our time, man. We got to play Pokemon. We got to play Digimon. We got to, you know, all of those things. Games, getting back to that idea of the games, games are a big thing at our place as well, too. Uh, my oldest son is uh, big into bringing home the latest and greatest. And there are some, some doozies out there. Um, exploding Kittens. I know it sounds awful, but it's a great game. Um, uh, something about uh, rabbits. That's awful. I can't remember that one. But we'll sit down and we'll play. And, and, it, and it's, an, it's a great night to, to gather around. Um, I'm, I'm right there with the nerdy stuff. I'll, I'm going to admit right now, I play D&D, Okay. For you folks who don't know what I'm talking about, Dungeons and Dragons, my character currently, he's, uh, he's dragonborn, okay? And uh, he's got some pretty wicked powers, just saying. So, yeah, why not? These are, these are the things that you can spend your time uh, doing. And I, I remember going back, when I, was, when I was in grade eight, let's say, my sister bought me a D&D startup book, uh, the whole kit. Um, the problem was none of my buddies at the time were interested in it. I got into it, but then it, I'm looking around thinking no one else is, is interested. And, and that's, uh, that's, you can't play that by yourself. Uh, get to high school. Uh, another group of friends of mine actually gets started. I, by this point, I'm working part-time, and I just don't have the time to commit to it. And uh, you know, I think, oh, it's beyond me. And you know, it, it is a lot of work. If you're the dungeon master coming up with storylines and, and doing all those pieces, um, I, was, I wasn't into it. I wasn't able to get into it. Um, but lo and behold, my, uh, my oldest son and now my youngest son as well, uh, both interested in it. Uh, my wife even joins in right? I believe she's a mage. Um, so, and the neat thing is with two boys away in different parts of the province, um, I'm hopeful that we can, we can set aside a night one day a week where we all zoom in, have a little bit of fun. And, uh, it's not so much about the game. It's about the time, right? It's about the experience. And, uh, there's the, the one game, maybe it's Exploding Kittens, and my oldest son will remind me. If you if certain thing happens, you have to wear the cone of shame. That's a lot of fun, too. Um, hey, to each his or her own. These are some of the things that, uh, that happen at the Greenhalgh household. And uh, it, it, it makes, for, uh, makes for some great nights. When uh, my wife and I, you know, we became, you know, the standard term is, uh, empty nesters, 
right, back in September, we rebranded ourselves as bird launchers because they come back and, uh, and they bring their friends and we're happy to have them when they come back. Uh, but we, we, we played a lot of, uh, you know, uh, two car, uh, two, two person uh, card games. Um, it, it, it is uh, a great uh, pastime and no complaints here. That's the kind of thing that, uh, that 2023 has, has uh, meant for me, at least one of those things that, that change and that change is, is tough, but it's, uh, it's also important. And uh, nothing is, as they say, is as constant as change. Last chance to give us a call. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the phone number out there one more time. There might be uh, a special prize of a glass of cold water for the next person to call in. 519-570-2545. Star 570 on your cell. I'm saying it slowly. Write it down. 1-800-570-5715. And uh, the next person to call in, free glass of water, cold water from me the next time we meet. Let's see if the phone lines start to light up now, Devin. I don't know, man. I, I think uh, the next time we do this, we're, we're going to put together a whole big production weeks before to say, hey, don't get too confused. This is what's happening. And look at the phone lines are actually lighting up. And who's going to go? Who's going to be first? Terry. Ding, ding, ding. Terry, winner, winner, chicken dinner. You got yourself a glass of cold water the next time we get together. Thanks so much for calling in, Terry. What does, uh, what does 2023 mean to you? What are you hoping for for 2024? Well, uh, 23, it's uh, finally to an end. Uh, can't complain. You know, uh, you know, there's always ups and downs, yeah. you know, had a few deaths here and there, but, uh, you know, we made it to 24. I uh, hope that, uh, uh, the winter coming up the next couple of months will be like the previous month, and we have very little snow, if any at all. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be nice. I, I think that'd be a great idea, says the guy sitting here in his shorts and, uh, and Hawaiian shirt. We were complaining yesterday about, how, uh, about hot it was, how hot it was in the studio, so I dressed accordingly. I'm right there with you, Terry. I, I mean, you know, there's something to be said for a couple of cold, crisp days, and there's some snow out there, and it's bright and sunny, but... It hasn't been like it, this. Is it's like we're living in, in either in Vancouver right now or Great Britain with uh, the gray clouds and the rain. I'm right there with you. Yeah, it's like what do they call it? The Ohio Valley winters, I guess. Where, <laughs> where you get this wet weather, and then you know you don't get much snow a little bit here and there. But yeah. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. Are you going to ask a trivia question, bro? Yeah, let's see here. Let's give you let's give you a sports trivia question, and I'm pretty sure you're going to get this one. Actually, I, uh, since we're not in like last. Uh, I think it was in the summer you, yes. had, you gave a, a cup of cold water. How about a nice uh, soaking of uh, warm water on your feet for the winter? Ooh, all right. We'll, do, we'll, we'll make that the prize, and, right. and we're going to get it to you. Okay, uh, I'll make it an easy one for you. Oh, please uh, don't. <laughs> uh, let me see here. Okay, I want you to name uh, three sets of teams that share... Uh, three three sets of teams that are professional sports teams. We're talking NHL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, NFL. Uh, I'm not going to include the CFL this time around. But okay. three sets of teams that share a name. And I'll give you an example, and you can't use it. The New York Jets and the Winnipeg Jets. 
We got a hockey team, and we've got a uh, a football team. Now is that three with that one, or uh, let's other? yeah, let's ask for two more. We'll two more sets, and we'll, well see I what know. you come up with. Okay, I brought right off the top of my head. I know there's the Sacramento Kings and LA Kings. Boom. I'm sorry. Uh, boom. Yeah, correct. Okay, and uh, the other one. Let me let me think here. Um, ooh, I want to have to think. Uh, I want you to win this this warm oh, warm bath of water here, Terry. Damn! If, the, if only the Houston Oilers were still around. Eh? Well, but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no longer existed, but that would have been one. Um, I'll give you. Do you want a hint? Yeah, sure. My okay, kind of think of think of a local OHL team that would also be in that category. All right, yes, yes. Thanks, thanks for the hint. No problem. Uh, probably my and the, the amount of time that I'm allowed here, I probably wouldn't have gotten. But of course, <laughs> the, the Texas Rangers and the New York Rangers. Boom! All right, the hot, the the warm, the warm bath water uh, on the feet is coming your way, Terry. I can feel it already. Anyway, Brock, have yourself a happy New Year. Okay. Happy New Year to you too. Thanks so much for playing along too, uh, Terry. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, this. This is this is how we're going to wrap things up the, uh, with this uh, this year. Thanks so much to to Devin. You've been uh, you've been key in making sure that this all uh, flies perfectly. I had you tee up some some audio, some uh, some clips from video yesterday. You're the man that that you know t- answers the phone calls and sets everything up too. Uh, you make uh, you make it uh, an easy job over here. So thank you for that. Uh, thank you, listeners, for tuning in as well. Thanks to all of our guests as well, too. Thanks, Mike, for taking a couple of days off and being on the nice list and uh, and being able to get a few days of holidays. I know that you're busy with uh, with the Rangers over the next little while, and and um, you know, good luck with all of that to uh, to what's happening and 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 all the best to all of you for 2024. Let's do this again. I love it when uh, when Mike goes on holidays and not in a bad way. Um, when he goes on holidays in the summer. Maybe I get to come in and do it all over again. Uh, looking forward to it. All right? As Mike Farwell would say, be kind to each other. You have been listening to The Mike Farwell Show on City News Kitchener.